gentlemen good day america and to our listeners across the pond and all around the world global global is what we're doing here on i like to movie movie and it is uh it is a wonderful uh, halloween season right now and we've been focusing all month on horror movies so first off thank you to everybody who came out to movie movie live um we focused all on horror movies it was a blast a fantastic turnout and we're coming back next month with uh Nicholas Cage movies. Nicholas Cage it's movies. Be pretty cool. Uh, we, I've been, uh, my name's Garrett Smith. That was Dan Scully. I've been writing uh, uh, Nicholas Cage puns all week, and it's been super fun. It's been a blast. <laughs> I'm a very blast excited. Of who. Uh, so th- uh, thanks to our guests and uh, the audience that came out uh, last month. We're going to do uh, try and go even bigger for uh, Nick Cage. We I don't know how, but it the show becomes a bigger show every month. Absolutely. Uh, which is why you should come next month. It's going to be fun. So tonight we're actually talking about this is a movie that uh, I want to say kicked off a trend. The late seventies, early eighties of like fifties, you know, fifties horror movies being updated, usually with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, it's and, a um, rock block of like eighties remakes. Oh, exactly. This is like late seventies, I guess. This right? is seventy eight, but uh, you know, it carries through. There's the Fly, there's the Blob, there's the Thing, and so tonight we are doing the nineteen seventy eight. Uh, just awesome classic uh, invasion of the body snatchers, uh, which I had never seen before. Uh, Dan, you definitely had seen this. Uh, it sounds like at least TV. more than once, right? Yeah. Yes, this is a great flick. Uh, and we have a couple of guests with us tonight that had never seen this either. So this is uh, another fun episode where Dan just came at us with uh, you know uh, something that he really liked, and a bunch of us checked it out. And I've, I fu- I thought this was really fun. It's but a good movie look, for the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's let's bring in our guests, and then we can then we can talk some invasion of the body snatchers. Uh, to my right, I have a, a very good friend of mine, Mr. Bino Brogdon, uh, who's a comedian on the Philly comedy circuit. Uh, has been for quite some time, I understand, uh, which I didn't know, actually, until I listened to Logan's podcast the other day. Quick uh, quick shout out to Mike Logan and his podcast. And I can just talk. I, you know, yeah, yeah, I, you can I, just talk. Just talk at me. No, 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 just talk at me. Yeah, you can okay. interrupt me. Yeah, yeah, you got it right. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Bino Brogdon. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've been at it since uh, March 06. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I yeah, have had some bouts. I had some bouts where I kind of disappeared. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm on it, man. I'm That's on why it. you're new to me, but you a bit. But uh, I can tell you've been around for a while. You, oh. you got that swag. Oh. <laughs> and you show up in a suit uh, <laughs> always. Until and that well, I got a jogging suit on at night. Guess, yeah, it's all good. Guess it's, still it's a podcast. Accurate. It's no still an accurate see statement. You. Yeah, right. You could just say you're wearing an Armani tux right now, and people won't know. Okay, well, it's all audio. I have an Armani jogging suit on right now, <laughs> and um. Dino's just, actually wearing a one-piece jumpsuit, yeah. pants only. <laughs> no, thanks, fellas. Uh, thanks, Scully. Thanks, Gareth, for having me. Yeah, of course, dude. Absolutely. And then um, to my right here, as you cannot see, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, this is one of my oldest friends in comedy. Back uh, back in the Jersey days, I think your podcast was the first podcast I ever guested on. And um, so, yeah, we, we've had R. a lot P. of great and like yeah. horrifying nightmare shows <laughs> together. But we have uh, Jeff horrifying. Souls with us. Hi. Jeff Souls. How's it going? What's up? How's it going? Yeah, isn't that weird? It was like January of four. You, because you were in the comedy class. I was uh, in the comedy class with, with Joanne's um, serious Greekness. Yeah, Joanne. What comedy <laughs> class? Um, the comedy, comedy cabaret, cabaret comedy class. Interesting. Mm. Do they still do that? Years old. I don't even know. I'm sure they do. I mean, who was do. the um, teacher? 
Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell. Had, but there was also Joey. Yeah, I had uh, Pat O'Donnell as well. Yeah, Pat O'Donnell. Northeast. We were in. We were in class. Is this the Northeast Comedy Cabaret? Yeah, that's where I started. Yeah, that was my first open mic Wednesday. Yeah, it was. It was horrible. Wednesday open mics. They still do that. Back memories, man. We should go. How many years have you been doing comedy? Uh, since January '04. Yeah. So about 10 oh, she's got some years on you. Be yes, up. yes. I'm not See the that? vet here. I just you came up on 12 years. <laughs> 12 years I just came up on. So you did comedy and then you started the class. Like I, I started comedy class. at when I was 18. Wow. Wow. And I did the class when Why I was like shortly after 18. After? Well, because I didn't really have any direction with it. <laughs> okay. Because I was 18, I was and like, a comedy class. You're older than me. You're older than me in comedian years and years. You're younger than me. I'm like, younger than you? Yeah, 18, 12 years. That means it makes you 30. Yeah, I'm 30. Yo, check yeah. you out. My vet. Yeah. Two years younger than me. That's how this game works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, I started late, That's man. how like, this I'm... game works. Everybody loses. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Smack Nobody reality. wins. I'm going to have that great experience for the rest of my life of being like so much older than <laughs> people that are so much better than me all the time. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> I was thinking other way. Uh, no, no, so no. much younger than me, he's better. No, no, I'm fucking around. Uh, can I curse? You know? yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Right, so this fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> I've never seen any version of this before. Neither this is my first experience with this story. Well, I mean, I'm familiar with the story, but I, you know, just seeing it. It's. Um, I mean, it's a classic thing. The pod people. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that, that happens in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers that always bugged me is that they didn't explain the mechanics of how it works. Mm-hmm. And whereas you don't need to, whereas, uh, you know, in this one, they explain the mechanics kind of a slow reveal. Yeah. You know, yeah. We learn with the characters. I actually kind of wish they hadn't. I found them a little bit confusing. But we'll, we'll, we can but talk about that. But yeah. that's the thing is it's going to inspire this discussion yeah, of how yeah. the machine works. Because right. I know how it works. Yeah. But in the old one, there's actually a great, uh, like a weird scene where... It's like, you know, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. You'll become one of them. And they've established that when you fall asleep, your clone replaces you. But the character falls asleep and just immediately wakes up as one of them. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, break their own rules. But it's the 50s. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of weird like that. <laughs> like, but this one does the mechanics, I think, very well. I'm trying to remember. I actually did feel like they broke their own rules a couple of times, which is why I was a little confused. I felt like it worked pretty well overall. I just, I almost wish that they had explained less. Because the more they started to explain, I thought the more it fell apart a little bit well let's let's talk about it let's everyone try to explain what they well think okay the process of the pod <laughs> okay. people is. so <laughs> let's start the spores are drifting through space right and they land on earth and yes. start attaching to the foliage go okay so they attach to the foliage right does the spore <laughs> have to attach to you to make a clone of you how's it getting in the body so because i don't and i know we don't have to see this but we did not see the spore. there was specifically there's a scene where um, uh, Donald Sutherland is on, I guess, the roof of his building. Is that accurate to say? He's sleeping on the roof of his building. Is that right? When he's in the lawn remember. chair and he falls asleep? And yeah, the, I guess And so, the yeah, five yeah. bodies mm-hmm. come, come up? I think he's on the roof. Uh, uh, does that sound accurate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Wherever he, he is, he falls asleep, right? Happening. And we see the, the plant attach itself to him. Right. And so, but then all of a sudden it starts creating one of everybody. Well, it was also attached to them through longer vines and such. They're all Are we just supposed together. to assume that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> keep going, keep going. So then, so, okay, so then... Don't ask, though. Tell. Just tell me what you think. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. answer any questions. Well, because I'm trying to piece it together, though, with the actual evidence from the movie. 
movie because then in the Jeff Goldblum scene, which is actually earlier in the mudroom scene, mm. uh, when they discover that there's another Jeff Goldblum for the first time, uh, they establish pretty clearly, I think, that, you know, uh, infected by spores, right? Uh, because you're infected by spores, it can make a bo- it can make a double of you, but it can't actually the double can't activate until you fall asleep and it and somehow in the process of you falling asleep and it's okay that we don't know this yeah. but somehow in the process of you falling asleep, whatever you are disintegrates and integrates into whatever they are and it wakes up the clone. Would I would I be fairly accurate in yep. saying all that? Okay. So if that's the case, because they even established that he wakes up and then all of a sudden the clone immediately goes back to sleep, right? Mm. Uh, and then I think we see someone kill that clone eventually, right? Doesn't somebody eventually destroy the Jeff Goldblum clone? Or does that no, not happen? No, the Jeff Goldblum clone no. is the one that is one that disappears. Oh, that's right, right. right. It is one that disappears. I was, I am a little, Jeff conf- clone I am a little confused by the disappearance part. Do the do- window is open. Okay. So then why is another one created when he falls asleep again at another point? Can they create infinite ones of these? Hmm. All that stuff that they're throwing away, the dryer lint. Yes. Those are the bodies of the people that got yes. sucked up or the bodies that never got finished creating. Okay. Hmm. They, it could so be either or. One of the people pulled the Jeff Goldblum yep. body out to cover it. Okay. Threw it out in the, okay. in the lint. Fair. Hmm. Totally fair. The cycle is... Now, movie buff. That, uh, that, all that cycle totally makes sense to me. Although I think there is at least one part where we see both a clone and the person of that clone awake at the same time. I don't think so. I'm almost positive that happened, and that was why I was confused. That was the first thing that confused me, was at some point we saw both of them in the same place simultaneously. Somehow. I forget. I can't remember. I don't think it happened. Maybe not. I really don't think it happened because okay. I think that's like the, Cause the that, was, that it hinges upon. Yeah, that was one of the mechanics I was confused about because I was almost positive it, it went out of its way to illustrate that was the case and then totally tore that, tore that out from under itself. But I can't now I can't remember why I think that. Uh, why? Uh, so once that happens, the clones are just these mindless people that just like walk around, right? Yeah, they're all part of the hive. Mind. Why are they carrying around pods? To spread it. They're putting it out into the world further. But there the, was that whole factory. But the pod is not the spore. The spore is different than the pod. The pod is what delivers the clone. Well, I mean, but the, the pod has spores. It has everything on it. They grow those. They put them out there. It's going to spread. It's, it's vegetation. We are, am I allowed to just... We, are oh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump okay, in. Sorry, oh, we're okay, just getting ripped. Right, all right, cool. That's on uh, us, yeah. Uh, well, I think, I think Garrett, like Garrett's view of it is kind of how my mine, mine is. But uh, from the beginning, it seems like... Um, you know, y'all call them spores. It look like 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 phlegm or or jizz or something. Yeah, yeah, like soap. <laughs> right, and it just lands. It's soap. All right, I could go with soap. Jizzy soap. Jizzy soap. Soap with jizzy. jizzy I do actually. Soap. You know, I'll tell you what. I actually jizz like made, the parallel of jizz because I mean that is what's happening, it right? Is what's it's happening. like floating through space exactly. and impregnating a planet. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting even more with that. So you got this jizz, jizzy spore shit. It gets on the green of the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, see, I didn't and I. I didn't really have a problem with continuity in this mm-hmm. because I didn't. I, I kind of saw where the actual uh, horror, that, the horror narrative was going. Totally, I and I, and it does. It explains everything in just clear enough terms that it's like it's okay that it doesn't all totally come together. Right. It, it all makes sense. I know what they're driving at. And we could. This is a spoiler alert for listeners out there. But so I I understand how the uh, I guess the the shell of the bodies will get sucked in the ground. It's almost like the spores uh, when they when they attach themselves to the foliage. Uh, they have established a, a, a DNA receiving center. Mm-hmm. So, so when they do connect with uh, human being living things, mm-hmm. uh, they have that DNA code uh, within the ground. This is, I'm not saying this is it, but this is yeah. how I'm registering mm-hmm. the narrative. And um, 
you know, it did, as we watch it, as we watch actually a good, scary movie, uh, we have this other type of uh, story going along about um, conspiracy, mm-hmm. conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. I thought what I thought was interesting is that um, the one the one lady, uh, Jeff Goblin, what was this character's name again? Dave? Oh, fuck, Jack? Jack. Jack yeah. Jack's uh, Jack wife. Belichick or something? Yeah, yeah. Jack's wife said something very interesting. She said, uh, why not a space flower? Why mm-hmm. couldn't we? That, that was her, her main uh, question. Why not a space flower? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was inter- interesting in, in the sense that uh, this space flower. But actually, I think she says before that, she's like, we always think metal ships. Yeah. Right. And why, why, not, why not a space flower? Mm-hmm. Right. And, it's, and that's right. what's so interesting about it to me is that, like, you know, it's not really an inv- the, the invasion of the body snatchers. It's not sure. an invasion. Yeah. But it's not an invasion. It's just like they just blew in that direction. Accidental. And Acc- it's, a, it's a place. <laughs> so know? the actual, like, the actual title, Garrett. Uh, invasion of the body snatchers is uh, collectively, literally, uh, literally <laughs> a misnomer that figuratively yes. represents basically species reproduction. Uh, I don't know they about plant that. The seed. It's yeah. you know, it's the same thing as anything else. But you look, know, dig, dig sperm this. meets the egg. That was just the sperm, and it found an egg that it was compatible mm-hmm. with, and it was humanity. You know, mm-hmm. right? And I think maybe that how the spores were spreading was acting like pollen, so mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. But yeah, what, exactly. what I really thought was interesting, right, was um, there's a lot of greenery, a lot of a lot of green uh, mm-hmm. imagery, green motifs attached to all the people that were like infected, quote unquote. They all had green on. Ah. It was all like because they were all plants. Mm-hmm. You know, plants. it seems like there was right. like a visual cue there. Right. But what I thought was super interesting. Is uh within the people, uh, and what we know about planet Earth and, and uh, space and that lack of H two O out there, so to say, mm. was the understated influence of water. But it never water really never made its way in the movie. We never see we never saw water. We see all these plants. We see people. We see everything that kind of thrives on water. And, and and the reason the reason for these spores actually here is actually a long held reason why we think nothing really exist out there because due to the lack of water so it's actually a lack of water in this film mm. right and then even towards the end when he uh who's the main protagonist's name what's his, what's the, what's the we'll just call him Donald uh, Sutherland, Sutherland. Yeah. 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 Donald Sutherland even when he tried to make an uh, escape or a ship Oh yeah, water still wasn't shown. It was kind of implied. I thought that was neat. Uh, water. It's kind of funny that you bring it up in terms of, of like mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of movies where like I, I'm thinking of Signs particularly mm-hmm. where it's like you know spoiler alert guys <laughs> the uh, water kills the aliens mm-hmm. and that's that's one thing that we we always if there's no water there's probably not life as yep. far as we know it. Wait, you thought but of like, Signs? I thought of the happening. Oh yeah, and the happening as well. It's like the same thing, right? I, I never saw the happening. Uh, okay, go see the happening. Should I? No. I don't know. I think it's worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's totally. It doesn't deserve to be shit on like it is. I like M. Night. I'm going to put it out there. (laughs) 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 I I can't. I don't don't hate all of his movies. No. I don't think anybody hates all of his movies. Just pretty much everything he made, except for a small handful. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't really made that much, though. He's made enough for people to have that opinion. I think he's made he at least up, eight films. Was like, he is the next. Yeah. yeah. He's the Christ he's of character. cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Move to the left, Spielberg, and then get blown up by this new guy. And then he was just like, what if, yeah. how about, at the end, it turns out that it's not what you think it is. <laughs> they're like, well, you did that. <laughs> he's like, okay. Well, how about this thing? Wait. But it's not that. But guess what? 
It is. <laughs> oh, Starring it's the Mark same Wahlberg. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still confused about them carrying around the spores. That was really no, where all I that was was they were they it. were putting this like if you have uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, really any plant. If you have a plant, it's going to produce off oh, of yeah, itself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were just putting those out there, and at the same time as well, they they do make a a quick mention of. The fact that this is a new DNA form for them, right? Wherever these spores may land, it's like uh, it's like the aliens in Alien. Mm-hmm. You know, when it mixes with a certain creature, it kind of becomes a hybrid of that. This is the new hybrid: is the human spore yeah, mix up. I guess humans, I, I guess the reason I was confused because I and I don't know why I thought this. Uh, it, this is why I was a little disappointed with the explanation of everything because I felt like there was. There was enough explanation that I wanted it to make sense, but there wasn't enough explanation for it to make sense. Do you know what I mean? Well, they didn't like come if they out had explicitly if, say it, but I think it's all there. If they had more under-explained it, I, I could have had more fun just trying to fill in the details with like myself. Mm. Uh, now they've given me enough details that I have to like go through the mire of trying See, to figure out how they actually make sense. I think they're a bigger thing because this town where it all began immediately started pretty much factory farming these things yeah. just so that they can spread it further. Yeah. And so I don't think that that's... I, I think that's just a hint at a bigger story to let us know... You know, with Donald Sutherland as our as our audience surrogate, yeah. just saying like this is not just your town, this is bigger, and it's yeah. getting bigger exponentially. Mm. And no matter you might get out of this, but yeah. they're gonna get you. It's it's too late. Yeah, I get it. And I so just, when he blows up that factory, yeah. that's like him saying like, okay, I stopped the source. but yeah. it might be too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I get that. They, I think they accomplished all of that just through phone calls to the government that were clearly going in circles. I, I, I didn't need the visualization of like the weird spore factories. That all that did was but confuse they, me. They needed the they needed the set piece. I know, I know. It just the, uh, all that did big, was confuse uh, me. I was like, right. if they're already turned into clones, why do they need to carry around the device that turns them into clones? That doesn't make any sense. It's just they're growing it. They're growing the plant. Growing, right. I, yeah. I, I looked at it as just an invasive, like an invasive algae species. Yeah, uh, in a sense. It's evolving, and they're Is planting it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess my my further point would be like those thing those those the delivery method for the clones clearly just grew out of the ground on its own for the for the first few people. Like where else would it have come from? They didn't need to deliver it before. Why do they suddenly need to pick the ones that have already happened and deliver them elsewhere? They just grew. Right. Well, they're they're spreading it further. Is, is really all it's it like is. They just landed in this town, and then they use that as a base to. Right, but then Gary, we don't even know the meaning right. of our own life. You trying to understand the meaning? I'm of just it. trying to understand the fucking mechanics <laughs> of how this well, works. It, it morphed the spores. Sure, they landed in the in the yeah. woods and created plants. Yeah, but the pods that yeah. are absorbing the people. Yeah, that's a new thing. Wait, the pods are absorbing the people. The the spores absorb the people, created the pods, and now the pods are replicating people. But after it spits out the person, it all crumbles up and dies, and they do that. So they're just putting out more more. The pod uh, pods. crumbles. I believe the pod crumbles. Yeah. Well, then why are they carrying the pods around and putting them places? So that they'll grow. But you just said they crumble, so they after wouldn't they, have anything. After they to... produce something. These are right, just pods that, that which are is why I'm pods. saying so we shouldn't see them carrying them around. If they've produced something and they expire. No, no, no. This is them going to that factory and getting freshly grown, non-used pods and bringing them home to grow themselves. So they're treating like pods. Why are they growing themselves? If they're already clones, why do they need... You just said they don't need another version of themselves. Yeah, it's just going to spread more spores. Earth. It's like a disease. It's just they're multiplying exponentially is the whole idea. So are they multiplying themselves more than once? Hell, no. yeah. Uh, they're no. just planting... No. They're multiplying the plants. They're growing more plants. Yeah, they'd take a new plant, and the new plant would attach to somebody else. Like, if I carried one out, I'd want to plant it here so it gets him. 
Okay. Not me. They're all driving, and they were putting yep. them in trucks and driving them out of town, meaning they're just going to plant those. Sure. They'll grow, and more spores will spread out. Sure. It's just the the species <laughs> itself. That makes more sense. This whole time, I thought we were talking about because this is how I formulated it. That, and this is how it actually does appear to me in the movie is they're carrying those uh, things into the factory, not from the factory. Most of the time, we saw those lines. They were moving towards that big building, not away from that big building. It was lines of people empty-handed going into the building and then coming out with the... Interesting. Yeah. Maybe they were filling trucks or something. Yeah. And yeah. then they were filling the trucks to drive out of town yeah, yeah, and spread. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is a virus. And a virus oh, yeah, I got it. the host and then like just I said, multiplies. It's, it's not like I didn't understand any of that. I knew that's what the movie wanted me <laughs> no, to no, think, I mean, like, but the movie did not do a good job of explaining it, it to me. When it multiplies, <laughs> it multiplies mindlessly. Yeah. It's just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Just for sake of, of multiplying. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I mean, though. That's why I hate that it gave me enough details that I had to have this conversation. I wish that it hadn't have. Well, the, the other thing, too, is that we're only getting the information that the characters get themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the lost defense. Yeah. Where it's just that's 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 as much as we're entitled to. And so we just have to put it together. Yeah. You know, we're... Our audience surrogate I actually is a schlubby lo- health inspector who, yeah. ca- who came across the ultimate bacterial mm-hmm. infection. And right. so now he's like badass detective. Yeah. And he's totally out of place. But, you know, he's doing all right. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the we, we get what he gets. Yeah, I did. I did like that, that it was like we we only I mean, there is actually a long stretch of this movie. There were, there wasn't a lot of dialogue. Mm. We were just watching the characters like experience this quote unquote invasion and having to sort of figure out what they were witnessing and what was happening just through their reactions to it, which yeah. I, I love. We talk about that a lot in movies, which is just like, don't have the fucking health inspector guy stand there and explain from a scientific base what this is. Because that doesn't, I mean, that that's so uninteresting. You know, it's so much more interesting to watch it happen and us just have to try and process what it is that's happening. Mm. Yeah, as it, me as expected, I got uh, I got involved in it because of, of the uh, the styling of the actual mm-hmm. horror movie. Oh like, yeah, yeah. We, we we could talk about uh, the actual narrative and and and, uh, mm-hmm. and the details, you know, to make you know I guess you know to carry out the plot. But it actually was a good scary movie. So mm. it was certain information we 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 didn't know, and it added to mm-hmm. my suspense, and it it pulled me in even more trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, all those sounds and those close up shots and those quick cuts. I, I could see this being a, a very like fulfilling scary movie inside of theater. Absolutely. And Hell I think yeah. it grows with repeat viewings. And mm-hmm. I think when you know what's going on and then you watch like I think it'll benefit everyone for for mm-hmm. repeat viewing just when you have a better idea of what's going on and you don't have to follow the mystery, you'll you know you can see that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think the bo- a, No, no, go for it. I think the I think the uh the the other pair the other story here is is uh, Garrett and Scully's infatuation with uh Goldblum. Uh, <laughs> I think his he was par- he was paralleled his uh he was paralleled what, what was it? He, he started so many remakes, right? He has this uh whole vibrant conspiracy theorist type vibe. Uh what from was this his first? Well, if you like, need the quirky scientists, look no further. Yeah, right. yeah. Look, right. You get, you get <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. There, there you go. There yeah, I don't know. This might have been his first blockbuster. I'm yeah. not sure. And we kept, we were comparing it to the Jurassic. He banged he banged like a bookshelf here. Yeah, yeah. He banged something in mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. You know, it just was a. It was just. It was interesting uh, to see the young still shower uh, have some. Um, you know, get some attention from my oh, buddies. Yeah. My buddies Garrett and Scully over here. <laughs> There's a man. Movie buffs. Uh, I, I will say that Jeff Goldblum is a man who I think got better looking as he got older. He's a, he a crazy looking yeah. dude yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I just saw him on, I think it was Seth Meyers or something. 
yeah, yeah he's good. yeah he's like aged into this yeah. sort of like real like hip old dude you know <laughs> he's regal but in like yeah. the young ones you're like oh the body snatcher oh yeah. it's jeff goldblum yeah, yeah. he's oh, not a body he's snatcher or he's is he lady. you know you know <laughs> hey, is he right yeah there's definitely uh the, the three or four main um well probably about five or six the main character was definitely some questions i couldn't really pinpoint who was authentic and who was mm-hmm. a body snatcher? Mm-hmm. I, I, I they had did, a lot of fun with that, which was cool. Yeah, they did. They did. I think um, so I, I forgot who said the line, but it was somebody. Somebody also said, "Why can't? Why do you care about a little flower or something like what? What was it? Can't understand why you're emotional about a little flower." Mm-hmm. I I thought there was so many little one liner zinger types mm. that spoke about um, <clears throat> but even at that point too, he was sniffing the flower and he was just like. It smells so good. Yeah, like it's yeah, drawn right. him in. It's yeah. just wanting to, you know, yeah. infect him. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was just wanting to infect, infect him, and and I like how you said it from that perspective. But on the converse, is it? And it's still related to it. It's the oneness of us all. Like, I can't even get emotional about a little flower. And it's like uh, these little flowers are reproducing us. It, mm. it was, you know, it's a, a living thing. It was like a some. It was like a living thing commonality, sh- like strung along throughout this whole movie that like really spoke to me. I, for me, you know, I just did that trash and burn character, mm-hmm. and I was really uh, shitting on the environment. So for me to see something like this in the type of commentary uh, that came out of an actual horror movie, I, I wouldn't expect a scary movie to be actually pretty decent. You know, mm-hmm. what I, mean? I have, I, a, have I, a message of sorts. Yeah, yeah, I, I was kind of cool. You know, oh, living yeah. things, animals, plants, insects, bacteria. Spores, plants, all that shit is all connected in a sense. But yeah, we were making these, uh, you know, these dichotomies. And as Jeff Goldblum says, life uh, uh, f- uh, finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said really just like that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, from uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. This whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so what were the what were they before they came to Earth? That is. The space jet. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> is that what they? That's their form. Like that was like aliens power. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's alien flowers. Alien. Um, well, because even spores. when uh, when like the hive mind was narrating through Spock, and he was like, "We come from a dying world," and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I took from that was just they hit a world, they fucking absorbed it, it, you know, they ate and everything off people. of it, and then it died, and the spores blew on, you know. And so whatever form it takes on the planet, I would presume dies with it, but those spores keep going. Hence why they want to keep planting these pods. We could also like maybe assume that the the spores were maybe like what was left of a who knows, maybe a more humanoid species or a more what, whatever any more yeah, any mm. kind of species. They all have that he said it was a right. and he said it was a dying world, so maybe that's just the remnants of life on an almost dead planet okay. that uh, you know, blows across space and starts its life cycle over again hmm. I, I don't know okay maybe you, you know I mean, yeah i kind of got the idea of that's what's happening but then i'm just like what what was it before that, it, that is like an interesting question of, yeah they're just i i uh, micro I think yeah they, i mean because they were that's true because the opening micro, did, and right. actually i thought the opening was was beautiful actually the way it looked was like super interesting yeah uh but it, it is like such a microbial level that we're sort of shown it mm. seems you know such a small scale species yeah, and I think the dialogue between you two right now speaks to how humans have gotten to where they have gotten. Our curiosity pushes us to find these things, to find these answers, or at least attempt. You know what I mean? Like uh, the questions that that arose to me, especially with the 
the Jeff Goldblum's girlfriend mm-hmm. when uh, she mentioned something about uh, rockets when spaceships came and uh, started, oh, she, started yeah, she says sex. like basically when aliens had uh, sex with monkeys to create humans. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Immediate Which totally happened, guys. <laughs> right, right, right. right. So the thing is, your immediate, your immediate reaction is that. Yeah, that, right. That's totally happened, yeah. right? But the, if you think about the things that us uh, human beings, us smart intellectual human beings, oh yeah, the different theories that we have come up with as as a re- as a uh, uh, a reason for, mm-hmm. uh, for humanity, a uh, meaning. For living, mm-hmm. you know, from the uh, from the guy from the from the guy Jesus Christ, <laughs> uh, the Prophet <laughs> Muhammad, <laughs> uh, the purported Messiah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, from the Old Testament. So you see, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't want to believe that. Cause, oh, that can never happen. But we buy these other. We buy these other stories, you know. It's just oh, interesting, yeah. like yeah. you know. Like why Book can't we? Why not a space yep. flower? You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Why not aliens <laughs> making fucking monkeys and making people? Yeah. I'm totally into that idea. Yeah. I want that actually. I think that's yeah. badass. What? Well, and well, go for it. I no. You I, if you're still on that train, go ahead because I was going to turn oh, no, it a little bit. I, um, I actually no. I lost what I was going to do. Oh, I sorry. did this, and then the whole thing happened, and my brain stopped. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I did. I did think stopped. it was super interesting in this movie that like conspiracy theories were like clearly such a bad. I mean, it feels like a very paranoid thriller, which is like yeah, a genre you even always hear about is like the '70s paranoid thriller. That's but here's like a the thing: thing. it was yeah. based on, and this is a the, like the '50s one. The big thing was the Red the Scare, right? Scare, yeah. yeah. And yep. so the always a lot of people commie. presumed <laughs> that. Uh, that the guy who wrote the book wrote it to be like an allegory for the Red Scare. Like, you don't know who the enemy is. Mm-hmm. It could look just like your neighbor. Mm-hmm. It could look just like your wife. Mm-hmm. It could, you know, that's what right. was scary. And so the author, though, said, like, I really wasn't making an allegory for the Red Scare. So most but, authors say when they... But <laughs> I'm open to the idea that <laughs> if that's what scared people at the time that I was writing mm-hmm. it, that just may have been how I wrote it. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. and so... Right. <clears throat> So it was of that time. Sure. Um, I don't know about in the 70s, but I mean, it is based on that. So there is that conspiracy theory level right. to it. I, I mean, I think that's why a movie like this ends up getting remade in 1978. Is there, it, in the same way that authors like, look, I'm, uh, I didn't intend that, but I'm willing to bet that like, if that's what people were afraid of, maybe that's what Whatever I was afraid of. And that's time. why I wrote this story. Right. Uh, I, I would be willing to bet that 1978 is a time where culturally people are starting to feel like they're again like something's happening something is changing around them and so suddenly this story gets remade mm-hmm. i feel like that is a thing that happens we we sort of gravitate towards things culturally when when there are these big cultural shifts oh, absolutely right. Right. so they absolutely. so this story may have just been gravitated towards again and remade in a time of of that sort of same feeling of paranoia you know mm-hmm. absolutely there was i mean once again, I go back to it. When you look at right after 9-11, what happened to every horror movie? Oh, yeah. Torture totally. porn. Torture. Yep. Why? Because you couldn't fucking shock us anymore. No. Right. Nothing was shocking. We're fucking cynical. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Then after torture <laughs> porn got dulling, then it was like, all right, let's just make all these horror movies where just, how about everybody dies? Nobody lives. And so Nihilism. it starts to yep. you know, chill, chill back into, but you know, it's still pretty, it, it affects, you know, whatever's going on in the world affects the way that we do things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, yeah. Yeah. It, when 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 stuff is created in that fear, it's going to reflect that fear, whether it's intended or not. Totally. I but the thing that I thought was funny about about that was like it that it felt like that was sort of the strongest underlying thing that was going on here was this idea of like paranoia and conspiracy theories. But it was also sprinkling in like messages every like five minutes or so. <laughs> it, it kept trying to make these like uh, the what felt like it was trying to do was like make these. Wait, sort what of, did they say? I feel like there was only the one, and it was the, about the environment. 
But I, I feel like it was only just that character. That girl was the paranoid conspiracy. No, no, no. There was the other thing where the guy, uh, I think Nimoy's character, said something about like, well, why do you think families are falling apart all over the place? Like they tried to make this commentary about like the, the nuclear family <laughs> unit and how it was falling apart at the time. See, I don't think that's them making a commentary so much as that's just supposed to show that Leonard Nimoy's character is of that mindset. Absolutely, yeah. But you that's know? I think that's common to... Like that's not the movie trying to be like, oh, we want to talk about this. That's the movie trying to set itself in a time and place. Oh, okay, of, like, yeah. You know oh, what yeah, I'm saying? Like, I know exactly what like you're saying. The, yeah, these yeah. are things we're talking about now yeah, and that issues that big. need to be addressed right, because right. there are issues now. Divorce. Yeah, exactly. Like I just thought that was <laughs> yeah. so funny that that yeah. Uh and then I felt like uh very early in the movie, uh th- this was not as direct. It was just something I was sort of getting the impression of. Uh the main woman's uh boyfriend, uh who who's oh, like giant, the first to turn. Giant Peter Dinklage. Yeah, the giant Peter Dinklage. He was a normal sized <laughs> Peter Dinklage. <laughs> right. He looked just the fuck like him, even with his Tyrion Lannister yeah. hair. Yeah. But he was uh, he was he was a real man size. Yeah. Well, he they. You I know, still they, think Tyrion would kick his fucking ass. This guy <laughs> yeah. was a pussy. Oh, true. And Peter Dinklage is a goddamn like awesome badass motherfucker. You totally lost maybe me Peter, on all of that. Maybe Peter <laughs> got body. Maybe Peter got body snatched. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a little pod, but it's a badass pod. It's a half of a pod. <laughs> <laughs> Give him that. Uh, they, when they in the beginning of the movie they introduce him as sort of this like already distant character. <laughs> right. You know what if he showed up and he was like, "I am her husband, King of the Andals, and free, Lord of the Free Men." Everybody You're still in Game of Thrones me. when they enter a room, they always show up. They're like, "Yes, this is me, Dan Scully, host of the podcast. I like to movie, movie, and friend to all animal. Like you know, just whatever the uh, whatever your credits are, and yeah. everybody has one. I just think it'd be funny if the guy who Tyrion I want to hit a you want to hit him, So when they when they introduce, oh, I'm trying to remember what the point I was trying to make five minutes ago was. Uh, oh, when they introduce him at the beginning of the movie, uh, they introduce him as like distant already, which becomes the point of the movie that people become oh, yeah, cold yeah, and distant. Right, and they play with uh, which is why which is uh, which is why that's a great detail to have him already be distant from her because yeah. that allows the transformation that allows her to not notice the transformation as quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. To kind of like live in it a little bit. Uh, but one of the ways well, they that's tried how it gets you right. It feels real. One of the ways they tried to illustrate that he was distant uh, was that he was constantly like watching television mm-hmm. or had like headphones, headphones on yeah. or was using the fucking phone with the retractable like cord <laughs> oh, in the wall. Their they, wall phone. Yeah, they made a big <laughs> awesome. deal out of like modern technology, which makes sense because it's 1978. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like modern technology was like truly a new. These conveniences were like truly new conveniences at the time. You They're know what the I mean? cause of divorce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, watch too much TV. Exactly, and uh, again, like I do think this movie <laughs> did have that on its mind. Like that's I don't because that was, that was you great. know that was about the time where the whole don't sit too close to the TV. That's what I'm saying. It's the right. boob too. Like I do right. think you know, that, I know that this movie wasn't really trying to talk about those things, but it was clearly addressing those things. Yeah, it like, was. It was setting it. Uh, yeah. And like I, it was really interesting to me. Like I even think it was trying to have a commentary on consumerism in like the very early stages of like modern convenience and consumerism. Mm-hmm. It was. It it was sort of interesting to me that it was trying to do all of those things. Like it just kept touching on that stuff every five minutes. Like well, here's a new thing to remind you. Jetsons cartoons got real popular around that time, right? Yeah. Wasn't Jetsons? Yeah. That was all the the whole. Uh, they they all have the one core fear though, and that's just becoming part of the machine. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the right. each and every yep. one of those issues at its core. The, yes. the fear switch is becoming a drone yes and so then mm. it's just all of that of course to its most literal mm-hmm. you know you become part of this 
hive mind. Totally. Yeah, which yeah. I think is a sweet deal. I, I know. It seemed pretty cool. It, the first question I'd be like, I'd be like, do you guys still fuck? Yeah. And they'd be like, of course. <laughs> like, what's more, you know, bringing a species together than that? And I'd be like, all right, well, I'm pretty tired. I'm going to take a nap. They had no emotion. Yeah, they played with their business, too. <laughs> There's no emotion. I have sex. very few emotions. <laughs> 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 and they're not they're like not all they're cracked up to be <laughs> no they're really not sometimes it's like whoa come on can i just look at this and be fine cool <laughs> i did think the the switch into the third act was a little bit wonky for me as well where would you say the switch so was? the switch for me was when they part ways with uh goldblum and his lady yeah uh mm-hmm. because it's it, the only reason it was weird uh and it, it I, I did by the end of the movie. I didn't even think it was a bad choice necessarily. I think it was more like in the moment. It felt very strange. Mm. It, it the the end of the second act feels like the climax of the movie. It's like ramping up all this tension of the five of them like running away right. and like finally confronting all of this stuff and really seeing it for what it is, right. you know, and like kind of understanding what's happening for the first time. Right. And then like one by one getting taken out and sucked into the hive. You know what I mean? It, like mm. it really felt like the climax and then they get separated. And then all of the sudden, like the, the, even the setting sort of changed, the setting didn't change. Well, but that's like, where the story goes. It's not just this town. Right. It's bigger. Right. right. You know, so they went right. one more level with it, but they, right. it which just, I like, I think that's I a bold too. move. I, I think do that's too. cool. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's that's right. in here. It's right. less of that. Oh, Oh, uh, is that person? This? It, no, it's just, uh, it's a different fuck. Right. totally. It just, it was very, Jarring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's boom. It hits you. Absolutely. It, it was is just, a weird transition, though, it was because very when Jeff Goldblum and the girl go running off, their intentions aren't even clear. Nope. Except it's just to say, like, we have to separate so that we can not trust each other later. And then it literally, as soon as they separate from them and the snappier fingers, we are suddenly in the third act of the movie and mm-hmm. time has passed and it, it's different. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it just, it happens so suddenly. Uh, and then that last act became more, it was actually a much slower act and was more about the idea of them not being able to sleep. It was more about the horror of like, because I really started to feel the weight of that by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like it is hard to stay awake when you when you are tired. Like that, when your which body's just sounds failing. like the dumbest thing, you know, right. but when you think about that on a, on a super large scale, like a very long timeline of feeling that way and trying to stay awake and knowing that it is life or death if mm. you don't, Stay awake. That's Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Don't go We've to talked sleep. about this on, yeah. on the show. That's terrifying. But it's uh, the third act. And then after you watch it, you go home and you have a Freddy nightmare. Yeah. Right. And because like, that's what kills I you, you're like, it's it. happening. Yeah, yeah. It's horrifying. They, uh, but, but, so it, the third act is like actually kind of, uh, much slower than that climax of the second act because it's much mm. more, I think, about just sort of the weight of like what that would be. You know what I mean? The, the horror of that itself. Well, that's the... Um, so at the at the very beginning of the movie, one of the first things that happens is when they're driving around and a few people here and there are going, I don't know this person. Yeah. And they're being adamant about it. Like, no, this is not this person. Yeah. Right. Being, and some guy comes running up to Donald Sutherland's car <laughs> and fake uh, fake Karen Allen. And he leans and boom, hits their windshield and goes, hey, they're going to get you. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. They get you when you sleep. It's everywhere. Yeah. You're next. You're next. And then How runs off. So much the original so movie early. never pulls that big, you know, large world shit. Right. Like, oh, it's taking over the world. It's just the guy in town is onto it and the town is fucked. Right. So the movie ends with him running through the streets and he's dressed the exact same way as right. that guy. And he's hitting cars and going, you're next. And they get you when you sleep. Oh, okay. Roll credits. That's the original. That's the original. So yeah, yeah, so that's what I think version. the reason that third act exists is because this one they said, okay, let's remake it, but let's not just remake it. 
let's do something else with yeah. it because you know let's actually do something. So I For think sure. that's where that third act, what that's resulted. And I, I think that third act by the end of it is really effective, mm-hmm. but it is weird that they sort the of the transition is very off. The transition is off, and I actually think it's it's a weird choice to be like the second act will be the act where like all of the big action takes place and we reveal the whole of what's happening here, and then the third act will be where we like really scale it back and make it this really intimate story about not being able to sleep. <laughs> no, no, but I like that because it's not being able to sleep as they're learning that the world is getting bigger. Yeah. And then it lulls you down to this thing where he's like, fuck, 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 I'm screwed. Yeah. And then uh, we see him at the end. We don't know what he looks like. That's like a lull down to that big stinger ending, yes. which we can get into later. Well, I thought the third act for me was the first time uh, I really uh, cursed at the movie. <laughs> it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was it seemed like... Yeah. It probably was because within the horror movie structure, but it seemed like a lot of exposition in the third mm-hmm. act. It seemed like uh, because of the, such a slow reveal up until then, they had to explain some things just yeah, out, yeah, of, yeah. out of necessity, mm-hmm. so you could, so the audience could get what's going on. And um, like when the, the the villain, I guess, I guess when the, when the doctor started explaining why his species was there doing what they was doing, I just thought that was stupid. Like. Is does uh does hubris and, and stupidity and incompetency still exist in all type of species? <laughs> what what made him want to? Oh, okay. you just knew this guy was gonna go to sleep and you was gonna snatch the body. Like it was no, it was just no way possible. Even if even if you didn't think, even if you did think he could have gotten away. What made you want to tell him this? Like, why didn't yeah, you tell him? Yeah, 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 why yeah. does the villain always explain their yeah. plan? Yo, yeah. shut your mouth and do it. But also, at the same time, I think he wasn't even so much explaining it to him as he was trying to sell it on him. That was like, this he is was what we do. To to him, why yeah. not just, yeah. why not? Come yeah, on, that's man. cool. You know, like, uh, boom. Which so is trying to move it on him. It is maybe not a problem. I was about to say a problem, but maybe not a problem because he is trying to sell sell him on it. So maybe he is actually trying to earn some sympathy. When we do things as one, a species, we genuinely try to do it softly first, and then we blow shit up. Well, one of my well, what I was gonna say is one of my problems with him saying that is he then basically says like, well, by the way, like we're not evil. But like <laughs> yeah. in saying that, he basically takes all the horror out of the whole movie you just watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's nothing there. It's not once he explains that it's not an invasion. They're not actually trying to like murder people. I mean, that is a consequence of what planned. they're doing. But it wasn't planned. This is literally like it's either our species dies or their species dies. Right. Like suddenly, suddenly I can sympathize with their species actually because of that explanation. Uh, however, I was about to say that actually is a problem for me. But however. In the context that he's trying to sell him on it, now I'm now I'm kind of back on board with that explanation because maybe that's not even true. You know what I mean? That's just more yeah. of him trying to sell him on it. I didn't understand gain why, that sympathy. Why did he have to be so? Why did they have to be sold on it? I mean, it was going to happen, and I, I think uh, if I, it, I do understand your point that like it, at that point it's inevitable. It's so like, inevitable. why are you talking to him about it at all anyway? Were they feigning emotion or were they truly emotionless? Like I, that was the one question I have. Were were these creatures capable of acting like? they had emotion or were we just supposed to assume they were emotionless period i think they're emotionless but i think that the creature as a whole you know this is the first time that it's interacted with humans and like humans that's the one thing that sets us apart from many animals is we have the power of reasoning and compassion and right yeah i mean animals have that but you know we have we have the ability to communicate on on that kind of a level so for this this spore to have become partially human it's feasible to me, mm. at least in a movie scientific yeah. way, okay. that part of what it does to spread itself is it's using one of its human tactics to just <laughs> right. chat it so out, you know, push it. Emotion. I got you. Okay. Yeah. 
When you know, did it you doesn't think, know when the did you think it was feigning works. emotion though? What no, are no, you talking well, about specifically? No, well, I didn't I don't I didn't know. I did I, yeah. I kept I kept trying to guess uh when when like uh they were acting the part, like acting like they were humans, mm. as in showing that they cared. Like, that's why I kept on looking at it. Yeah, because um, there was the one woman that the guy has it was like my wife that's not my wife. Right. And she was like, No, 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 like I just want everyone to know that I am back to normal. <laughs> yeah. She does like that whole thing. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and it's right. totally and you know for a fact yeah. that she is definitely a pod person. Right. But it's just playing, but it's mindless. It's uh-huh. just it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's that, mimicking that's, that's, and puppeting. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. But yeah, as a as as just a good as a, just the structure of it though, with the uh, the lady uh, the lady in the beginning, um, her her husband, he was the first one to get snatched up and started mm-hmm. acting distant and weird. Mm-hmm. The alarm went off. She realized she had to get ready for work and was late or whatever. And then the next cut, it was the uh, center the center um, clock bell going off. Oh yes, yeah, I like that was a good stuff cut. Like yeah. that. yeah, I like the motif of the. Uh, like we had all these sinister sounds and mm-hmm. these scary, you know, these scary things going on in the background to kind of make you. Oh, we gotta feel talk sus- about that score. Feel suspense, oh, yeah. right? You feel it's like thr- it was a thriller, but then every time you see the uh, the older gentleman with the dog, mm-hmm. it, the folksy music would come on, the vibe will uh, lighten up, mm-hmm. and uh, every time you saw him. That was it. The music lighting up, and it, it, we get the sense that everything is normal. Mm. And then the one minute that he was snatched up and he was sleeping or killed or whatever, uh, no music played, yep. and you got the and it was dark, mm. and you got the sense that uh, everything isn't okay. You know. Mm. What I mean? Well, I actually you just pointed something out to me that made his music make a lot more sense to me because it was super jarring the first time he was playing music in the movie because you like go from this kind of horrifying sequence that has like these really this intense like soundscape. Because this movie doesn't just have like a score; it also has these like crazy, just like soundscapes mm. to just like the the happiest like folk music I've ever heard. <laughs> it, was, it was so jarring and strange. But I just realized like by the end we get to see that guy's head on a dog's body, uh, so yeah. it's like kind of hilarious that he's like the only character that like really lulls you into like a like a like a joyful feeling at any point in this movie, only to have him be the one character that's like the most horrifying twisted I didn't even version put that of anything. Together, that that was uh, that that was his head on the dog. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. <laughs> and, so what's and, the reasoning behind that, though? What, the, they they merged together. He merged. I think no, the no, idea no, is no. they ended up in a pod together, didn't they? Uh, yeah, right. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's the so idea. Like the three things that. coming together. Oh, good shit. I think that's what happened, right? <laughs> I was right? so glad you caught it. I was thinking that. I was like, I remember, because I was like, when they walk I by them so. sleeping, there's only one pod one next pod, to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And both the dog out. and the guy were sleeping. Yeah. And then the next time we see him, it's the guy's head on the dog's body. For some reason, yeah. I thought they had just had a mask on the dog's body. This is what this is what I thought, man. I was like, that's yeah. weird. Did they put a mask on the dog's body? Yeah. Well, that's a good way to see if people have emotion. And I thought it was like an emotion trap. Oh, no. I think that was supposed to be. Like a, <laughs> a mutation, like yeah, a, that was was great. It? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes more sense Hot now shit, that I Gary, think about it. Makes it. Sense now, uh, I think that was supposed to be like just a fucked up thing that happened, you know? Right, right, right. Because yeah, fucked uh, up things happen. Yeah. What's funny is that domestic dog, right? The domestic dog was the only uh, other, I guess, type of living thing besides. That's true. It's the only animal in the animal. movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah there's some end, birds flying around. Oh, birds! I don't yes. think that that is necessarily. And I'm quite sure those white birds represent something. Mm. And you know, I'm quite sure it does. John Woo directed the last yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. What were we on? We had a, we had a good train going what, there what, about what, that. Third, what third act? Did we? Well, I want to talk about just did like how it clock? looks. 
there's a lot going on in the movie visually that makes it disorienting. And I think what speaks to it the most is at the very beginning, they show a full house looking street in San Francisco. Yep. But we all know that that is a, why am I gesturing? Yeah. We all know that that is just a, uh, you know, an upward angle that's pretty stark for mm-hmm. buildings to be on. But it's framed in a way so that the road is flat. Yes. So thusly, all the houses are leaning. Yep. And even though everybody else is leaning too, it still has like this weird jarring effect. And there's a lot of shots like that. A lot that of are weird just Normal things yep. being shot eh, just a little bit off. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, it leaves you uncomfortable. What was it, that? Yeah, yes. I just said that. Yeah. yeah. It makes you feel uncomfortable <laughs> and uneasy. I actually thought that it was really effective. Like, I, uh, Tim Burton uses those shots a lot, mm-hmm. too. And I fucking hate those shots in Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. I always feel like they're out of place. I feel like they're being like, look how weird I am. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's really forcing a perspective. I didn't feel like there was a perspective being forced ever in this movie. I felt Mm -hmm. like it was, I, I just was, it just felt like that's what that setting would look like if I was there. That like, if I was paranoid, yeah, if I was part of this whole paranoid setting, that's just what thing, that's just sort of how the world would appear to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It had a lot of, a lot of those type of unsettling cuts, you know, uh, it was actually a good, like a good scary movie. I'm really like glad I saw it. You was crazy. The uh, the um, the amphetamine usage. Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. things never change, huh? Yeah. So apparently, speed saves the day in the short term. Speed wins. And as usual, as usual, drugs uh, you lose in the long yeah. run because it did exactly. mean that they all got. They all One got day you run out of speed. Right. Yeah, you know, and there <laughs> it like, is. There it is. That's the moral. And plants One don't day. stop growing. <laughs> you know, that's just they're that gonna. The it's gonna happen. <laughs> You will run out of speed. That's, that's <laughs> well, think about it. One day, humanity is going to die out. And no matter what we do to this earth, it's just going to grow the fuck over yeah. and move the fuck on. Mm-hmm. George Carlin has a great speed. bit. He says, don't try to save the world. The world is going to be just fine. Yeah. And he surmises that perhaps we were here to, to help earth create plastic. That's all we were. It was a device for the earth to have plastic. And we'll just die. And now it has plastic. Eventually, <laughs> humanity will run out of speed. There you go. All right, cool. We just, humanity just collided with another race. That is, yeah. as with every race, eventually doomed. It's just maybe that's how you know, humanity started. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> something fell from space mm-hmm. and attached to an alien's fucking. I mean, ladies. that's what the lady Dinosaurs. claims, right? That's, space that's basically the claim she makes. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> They're on space <laughs> flower speed. Space speed. Hyperspace. Yeah, you want to go to hyperspace? <laughs> 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 Oh, shit, it's Thursday. <laughs> we were in hyperspace for a long time. Oh. Hey, shit, light speed is a thing. What the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> so they did, they did a thing very cool in the movie that I thought. It, it was a weird scene at the beginning where fake Karen Allen was describing to Donald Sutherland how she felt yes. when she was walking around earlier. And she was like, I couldn't tell what was going on. And, and, and so as she's narrating, it's a weird flashback, but it's kind of dream sequency of her just having paranoid. Oh, yeah, that was The cool. camera spinning around and, uh, yeah. and then Donald Sutherland yeah. like touches her, brings her back to reality. And it's just like, oh, you know, that's crazy. You feel that way and all that. Then much later in the movie, he's trying to make all the phone calls to mm-hmm. the higher powers just to see if he can get a connection. And as same he's thing. doing it, they start to emulate that same style. Yeah. But then it gets worse. It starts to have a camera, and it's the point of view of people passing him by, yeah. looking at him, checking him up and down, and then moving on to make sure he's acting emotionless. Yeah. You know, they're all just yeah. almost computerized, but human. Right. And uh, it just turns into that, but it keeps cutting back to the phone booth and spinning around him in circles, and it cool looks like sequence. someone's looking around yeah, left right. and right. What's over my shoulder? And so it started with her weird paranoia that he dismissed, and when it 
when they bring it back to him, it like really ramped up and yeah. you know it was wild. Yeah, that was, a, that was a nice little parallel. I didn't even pick up on that watching it. You, Bino, pointed out something that I thought was great early on in the movie. Uh, you know, it's a whole movie about being cloned, and a de- they use the word double over and over again, making a double of yourself. Uh, one of the things they do very early on is as they are first sort of investigating what's happening, where, like, nobody's really sure, and Sutherland's not even really sure he believes anything is happening, mm-hmm. and Goldblum is just being Goldblum and <laughs> spouting nonsense into his ear. Checkmate! Uh, Checkmate! Yeah. <laughs> They're standing in front of these, uh, like, basically funhouse mirrors. They're, like, at a restaurant where these mirrors shouldn't be. Like, there's no reason that those mirrors should be there. (laughs) And he's on, like, a phone. And there's these weird, like, funhouse mirrors behind them. And so you get this doubled version of both of them where the double is, like, slightly off. It's distorted. Uh, Which is, like, uh, just a very... I was about to say like a very obvious visual reference to what the movie is going to be, but I probably wouldn't have picked it up if Bino hadn't have said it out loud. Uh, that's oh yeah, that, that it's like the double. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of foreshadow mechanisms they just injected in. That's why I think that's why I keep on saying like, well, I'm amazed that this actual scary movie was actually a decent like solid. Oh, yeah. oh for movie. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't you just don't see all those elements all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There was a lot of uh, very long tracking shots, and that always impresses me more back then Mm -hmm. just because it's film. And so to gamble on a long (laughs) shot where everybody has to move perfectly and act perfectly and not acknowledge the camera and all that stuff. And you can't go back and just fix a little mistake you made, like, digitally. You know what I mean? Like you, Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's a different style of acting, a different style of directing. So even though, like, sure, yeah, we watch a movie now that's like, holy, like, I just watched Birdman yesterday, and the whole thing is made to look like one shot. But, you know, you know it's not true. But in this, when they're doing one shot that's, you know, a minute and a half, it's like, that's that was rehearsed. You know, that was good shit, you know. Nowadays, yeah, you could just make it look like a shot that's the whole movie and just computer it up. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have an app for that. You know, it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fine. <laughs> the, I thought there was a lot of impressive filmmaking in this movie. Actually, that I think the most impressive thing at the end of the day, and this is what totally makes this a movie movie for me, is the only thing I can think of in this movie that would have cost any amount of money, like real money, would have been... It's Donald Sutherland. W- was Donald Sutherland. <laughs> uh, and, and and probably the pot effects. Like That's actu- why they couldn't afford <laughs> Karen Allen. Yeah, yeah. That's why they had to get fake Karen Allen. It was probably the pot effects. Yeah. Was, was, I would assume that was like some of the more expensive stuff in the movie was creating the actual visual effects for the last act of the movie. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's like mostly just people being people and making weird faces at each other. It's all and the they got a even lot the, out of that. Even the effects are, like you said, real. Yes. So yep. Nothing's CGI yet. Yeah, it's all practical. Because that's what I can't stand with movies nowadays. Whenever it's CGI, I get immediately taken out yeah. of the story. Because you know it's not in the same plane of existence as the characters. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? It's not tangible. Like, this yeah. looks stupid. Like, even, it, even if it uh, technically, which it never does, but even if it did, even if it technically looks like a realer, in a sense, like the digital effect, even if you showed it's me a digital there. pod, you know, and the pod looked maybe a little more, uh, like, gruesome or, or, or realistic in yeah. the sense that, like, there was more detail to it, it, w- it still wouldn't be there with the characters, and I would know that. My yeah, brain knows exactly. it's not right there with the characters, exactly. you know? Uh, and there's something visceral about that yeah. there, uh, that that really adds. And we to don't the know what pods look like. They might right. look juicy. They might and, look and, just and like that. You know, we yeah. don't know. Yeah, well, that's that's right, right. Well, I thought it looked cheesy. I can't get. I can't concede to y'all on that one. Yeah, because you made a. You uh, said you know they should have modern day effects on this. Yeah, you yeah, did. I yeah. definitely thought it looked like a little uh, snuffleupagus. Definitely look like it belonged on the set of Sesame Street or something. We think it looked a little bit. Well, I mean that's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah. And the dog. And I gotta comment that. No, but I know it was an older movie, but the 
dog, the dog with the uh, human face. That was just that was a little funny. Oh, that was <laughs> awesome. That was scary. It's like it was scary because it looked so yeah, fucked up, and it yeah. looked fucked up because like they don't know how to. There's no way to really do that in 1978. So it looked fucked up. That was the first time you saw something weird like that. Yeah, and that's it was true. Just yeah. kind of like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <laughs> stop and think about what we're just looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in a subtle instance, uh, a, a little domesticated dog with a small brain immediately got the intelligence to scream out that a basically an intruder was among us, a real human. Oh yeah, I mean? <laughs> the dog was the one that screamed first. Well, he's also part dog, part, part right, human, right, part part hive mind. Whatever the heck yeah. these things yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yevo, remember Micro Futurama was with Yevo. Everybody hive minded with Yevo. It was David Cross. No one saw that feature. It was great. I am Yevo. <laughs> no, and they all loved Yevo. It was gross. It was. It was actually really gross. It, it was disgusting. But see, that's another thing about this movie is that they hit a whole bunch of uh, weird horror subgenre subgenres. Oh, I was so because, enthralled uh, by that. I totally agree. They yeah. totally go into like a weird body horror yes. thing, and then that's where it gets real gruesome. There's mm-hmm. the awesome pod birth sequence mm-hmm. with the, the, oh, that the, the kill me thing. It's, yeah. it's finding its Alien, fingers right. and looking it's at them. It's, yeah, was, <gasps> it's learning how to breathe and shit. And you know that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's the whole you know paranoid conspiracy thing. Yeah. But I found there there was like a neo gothic thing to it where. Yes. Uh, a lot of uh, banisters casting shadows yep. with people behind it, scared. And, and, and like bi- at the Dutch angle, I was like, "Yeah, it's Frankenstein." Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. The fucking right. doorways where you just get the really long bright yeah. light and mm. the the shadow in that long bright light was mm. totally just a gothic castle thing. It's you a know? nightmare sequence. Yeah. It feels like at all times, but it's yeah, you feel like you're yep. ugh. Like so, when I think of Bride of Frankenstein, I think of that, and it like gives me weird chills. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like cool stuff. So, in your opinion, Scully Anger. Uh, was it was this director paying homage to the great horror classics, or who was incorporating? I think he couldn't help but to be influenced by them. Methods. Uh, what is a remake of an old one? It, yeah, 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 yeah. It's but, but it has the, the flair, though. I think is a newer thing to mm-hmm. it. The old one's just like your classic. You know, ah, it's the fifties. This seems like a, I a crank my watch radio. out over there. That's a funny <laughs> <match. laughs> Oh, is your baby sick? Try heroin. <laughs> Smoke a cigarette while you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that pregnancy got you down? Newports. Snacky smoke. That's snacky smoke. Uh, <laughs> what did you ask, Pino? <laughs> oh, oh, do you think uh, the director was paying homage to the old? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I or think he's just using tried and true it, methods. This is that I feel like just watching this movie. It's very clear this is a director that knows he wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, a horror movie in some way. So he was looking at like, so what's the effective? You know, what are effective horror movies? How do what do they look like? How do we make them? It's scaring you without jumping out. And exactly. Scaring. Yeah. He's he's doing a lot of tension stuff. Uh, again, yeah. this comes from like why it's a movie movie for me. The idea that this is like for the most part probably a very small budgeted movie. Like there's they. Most of the uh, most of the emotion you feel from this, most of how it makes you feel, and the and the, the terror you get from it, or the yeah. horror you feel, is is from minimal uh, uh, effects work. It's it's mostly well, it's from like, like house shit. It's just flashing lights and screeching sounds, noises. lights, yeah. acting, yeah. and just good camera trickery, like decent camera work, like mm. stuff that you mm. can just do pretty cheaply if you're just like a talented filmmaker, right? So like I think this is just a case of like a talented, talented filmmaker, filmmaker that knows like what he wanted to do knows what people had done before him to do that mm-hmm. and so was able to sort of like inform what he wanted to do because he definitely this is like his movie his it's like thing, totally right. I've never seen a movie like this even though I can tell what it's referencing if that right. makes sense I just think you can't yeah. help but be influenced by yeah it. absolutely you know, they're all iconic things like yeah. 
You want to know how to make a, a scary movie? You and you're it's the 70s. You watch Frankenstein. You know you want to. Yeah. You just it, it's just you know standing on the shoulders of giants just over and mm-hmm, over. You mm-hmm. know, because cool. you can't. I mean, like uh, if you look at like The Conjuring now. That has elements of every movie Everything. before it. I wouldn't yeah. say it's doing a parody, an homage, nope. uh, right. really anything so much as it's just using. That was actually, like, like an you said, tried and true. It's using too. what works. Mm-hmm. It's using right. what they know works and using it well. Well, right. Yeah, and that's, just, yeah. that's the using it well part mm. is what we call a talent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's opening. It's like look, there there is such a thing as like like tools, right? Like a toolbox. Toolbox exists. Tools exist. Right. Like that stuff is there for you to use. Right. You know, you just exactly. got to be like a talented carpenter and use it right. Right. And you know what's funny? It was it was funny. Um, we talking about nowadays. We probably they probably couldn't afford uh, Donald Sutherland. I don't oh, think no. he probably could just produce it. Have, yeah. his, have his son star in it. It probably looked like the same goddamn movie. <laughs> just you know, just slightly remastered. You know what I'm huh. saying? I, I, I feel honestly, like we, there's been so many versions of this movie, and mm-hmm. the last one was a failure. It, this, this, give it up. You don't need to do this it's story dead. again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's done. I I don't even think you could make like specifically. I don't think you could make this movie again. And I don't mean Invasion of the they Body Snatchers. They tried. It's called the Faculty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't think you could make like <laughs> just even the way the cam- <laughs> even the way the camera moves and stuff. I feel like would look very different now with like modern, you know, with with digital as opposed to actual film, modern lighting and color and stuff. Like I actually don't think it would even play the same way i think it would actually look kind of hectic and, and erratic well it definitely had know? like that 70s vibe kind of like the exorcist yeah and the omen and yeah uh it reminded me of uh, all the president's men actually a lot it had that that sort of paranoid uh, uh pulse oh, I to love, it you know because our our uh our uh oh, now, now i'm not gonna think of their names mm-hmm. uh goldfarb and w- woodward and bernstein <laughs> woodward and bernstein yeah. that was close goldfarb <laughs> and rosenstein uh our our uh our woodward and bernstein is just a hapless health mm. inspector yeah I, I love the I idea love that. that he's he's the health inspector and all of the restaurants hate him. <laughs> I love that sequence at the beginning where he's just like, "Oh, I'm the health inspector. <laughs> oh, that was great, yeah. It's a caper. It's a rat turd. Then eat it." You know, like, "Hey, man, that's a more great like show don't tell. Oh, yeah. Like, what a great way to establish a character in two minutes. Yeah, uh, oh, I know absolutely. everything I need to know about that guy by the end of that scene. And what's weird is he's not a dickhead, but he actually is passionate about yes. his job as the health inspector, and they hate him for it. And so suddenly he breaks the biggest health inspector case in the world a space <laughs> <Right>. infection <laughs> and now he's like he's our detective you know this he's the our case that's getting it. yeah exactly Kirk Riga, space lawyer <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> that's how that's how oh, never mind was you done i'm sorry oh no know. i'm done no we're, ne- we're always never done you I just go yeah, it, was cra- <laughs> it was crazy that, that like that scene established a lot and you know I, I do look at i'd be looking at things i probably shouldn't be looking at them like but uh at the end not the, the end of that scene he came out to a car that had his window uh, busted, and he was working for the Department of Health, mm-hmm. supposedly just shutting down. A, well, he was she, per, permit revocation, right? Yep. yep. That's got the sense that it was like, a, don't don't throw stones at glass houses, dog. You know what I mean? And I, I felt like he didn't know at, at what he was representing at first. Like mm. we thought this was just an innocent case, you know. Of, you know, first the, he first he did that restaurant, but then he became the guy to 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 you know scoop out this new alien health problem and that would totally happen to like a detective in a thriller movie where if he's like just early on the trail of the big story he would come out and find his windshield broken Mm -hmm. right and you know the the normal person would go you know what i'm gonna lay off 
But him, he's like, ah, another windshield got broken. You know what? But I'm back on the case. Yeah. Like right. He totally was that detective again. But he's just a health inspector. <laughs> he's just a health <laughs> inspector. And where I was getting it was, okay, yeah, you pointing out something that's bad with, with, with our establishment, mm. right? But little do you know, something's bad within, our own, within the Department of Health establishment. Mm. Like what health governs, what health governs in this movie, Department of Health governs in this movie, is actually dealing with their own problem it's like that's why i i I drew that parallel is to say you know that was a don't throw rocks Mm -hmm. don't throw rocks at glass houses like on a macro level you know he uh he he was part of a a situation that was dealing with their own uh rat turd Mm -hmm. in the environment that's what i was getting at i I felt like they had a lot of literary mechanisms and they they kind of read to me like a book because i'm really like i like books it's like the uh the date uh, we was it say it was a sign at the beginning to something like should avoid dangerous weeds something 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 I missed it I wanted y'all to replay it but I didn't say it at first because I thought I was gonna mess up the uh, flow of the movie <laughs> but it's just something like uh, uh, the lady on the newscast is something like avoid dangerous weeds or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. I thought that was like a, a foreshadowing uh, and clearly then, yeah and then on top of that that was woven in with the motif of that that uh, garbage truck having. Yep those quote-unquote dangerous weeds and mm-hmm. that's where you know like an ignorance is bliss type of thing oh yeah, talk yeah. about conspiracy theories and and different type of interpretations well for many scenes main characters were next to this this truck oh this totally truck with oh, yeah. dangerous weeds not just totally oblivious yeah nobody nobody cared so I, yep. I, I thought that was you know that's why I, well, well, that's the, the whole thing where it's just like it's happening right under your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, I, right. There was a line, I, I forget where it was, where uh, where she says, uh, uh, they're everywhere. And he was like, <laughs> uh, you know, exactly. That's 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 where they're hiding. Or I forget how, how he put it. Yeah, yeah. It was something that, that just basically said, that's how it gets you. Like, you don't notice it because it's right because in front right of your right fucking there. face. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that, I mean, there was that great, uh, we were laughing about this. Uh, Leonard Nimoy had that line where he was like, Basically trying to convince her that, uh, um, oh, how did he, uh, how did he phrase it to her? We were laughing about this. He was, he was trying to convince her that she was crazy, basically. You know what I mean? Like without telling her she was crazy, he was trying to tell her, like, no, 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 no like, what you're saying doesn't make sense. That can't be the case. Uh, oh, right. And then he tried to rationalize it. And the way he tried, he was like, he was like, you're just trying to rationalize oh, what yeah. doesn't make sense to you. <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense to you. So you're trying to come up with any other excuse, even one so crazy it doesn't make sense. To, to, so that like so that it does make sense to you when that's exactly what he's doing because but do you because what he, what we he already have evidence of? that like tons of people are coming <laughs> to him and being like things aren't right. Yeah, yeah. Because you you're you know you're having you're having a you know he's like oh you're just trying to rationalize you know shit that you can't understand. This is obviously an epidemic of hallucinatory flu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Whoa! Of course, that's what it is, Doctor House. Fucking maniac. That was the moment exactly. where I was like, "And Leonard Nimoy will never not be Spock to me. Yeah, he yeah. will always be Spock and only Spock." This one to be like, this whole thing is wildly illogical. <laughs> he had a very seventies look to him. Totally. <laughs> yeah. the sideburns and the bell bottoms. I was gonna say something at some point that he was the most seventies man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he oh, is, yeah. Because Donald Sutherland had the mustache and the fro, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he just didn't have the outfits to. F- I don't know. He was well. He, <laughs> he just looked like every detective you've ever seen in anything. Yeah, the trench coat. Yeah. Started thing. They, they they tried to make him oh, like yeah. your classic. You know, he was the he was, he was the gumshoe. <laughs> he was the gumshoe. Exactly. Right. I'm yeah. on the case. 
I'm starting to think power of three is actually uh, like a standard rule, period, in storytelling, maybe. Because if you remember, um, there was the, uh, the, what's the guy's name? The, f- the first, the first stiff, what's his name? What's the, the main stiff, the first one to get body snatched. The, the, oh, her husband, her, husband, her boyfriend. Right. Or, oh, boyfriend, Tyrion, yeah, you got Tyrion him. Lannister. That was one instance of distance. We don't quite know where this distance is coming from. Then when the Chinese couple, uh-huh. you got some distance, and we're like, if you paid attention, you remembered it because it, it was a little scene, so you might just have glossed over it on the first look. But that was two. And then when they were in the street and the guy came to uh, knocking on the window or whatever, it wasn't a big incident in the street where people were running oh, to. Yeah, the guy that's like a reference to the end of the first Oh, yeah. That yeah. was a third. And now you know there's no confusion about this lady possibly being crazy. Now you know something is going Something's on. up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once the third one hits, you have to acknowledge it. Right. Unless you're Leonard Nimoy's character. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's like, no, no, <laughs> then no. Then you blame it Although on the, the hallucinatory time, flu. <laughs> was he, but at the same time, <laughs> perhaps he was already a part of it. I, that, that is right. Is he the leader or something? He's just selling Is he the leader? That's what was bugging me. Yeah, he was like perhaps the first. That's what was bugging me. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, well, here's a question. Maybe he was maybe he was there, you know, and had it for a while because uh Jeff Goldblum, who out. was a fan of his work, is talking about how his book oh, right. is not the same. It's not good. It's <laughs> yeah. blah blah blah. I wonder yeah. if that is anything or if mm. that's just a thing. Well, it, it is very yeah. unclear the timeline of this, which yeah, uh, again yeah. is another thing that I think is totally okay, uh, but is uh, is confusing. Uh, is the timeline of it. It's not clear if like these spores landed and within 24 hours her husband was uh, one of them mm-hmm. or if that happened like much longer before then and had just gotten to him. Right. And is he truly the first victim? Because as Jeff was bringing up, when that guy runs to the car and starts slamming his fist on it and saying like, they're coming, they're coming. Yeah. It's like, you seem to have a lot of information. Right. Yeah, and yeah. as far as we know, this like just started, you know? Just started here. Right, that's what I yeah, mean. Right. Yeah. It's like, what is this story? Like, how so, far back does the story go? Right. So, you know? is he the guy from the original movie? That's what I, I was he saying. Very, is he very well is could this be. Like, actually a sequ- Does this actually function this as a real kind of sequel as well? I can't think of any evidence that would right. say that it doesn't. I mean, I don't know if that was their intention. Right, but uh, I don't think there's any evidence Not that it wouldn't that it wouldn't be a sequel. Yeah, I think it's much of a homage, more of like a continuation. Right, I think a shout out cameo. Right, because um. Yeah, because yeah, this doesn't really follow any of the beats of the original one, short of the device of the pod people right. and the fact that oh, you don't know who it's going to be. You mm-hmm. know, like that's it's just a it's a different story. Yeah, I the think, story of the health inspector. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think from just just from looking at it from the beginning, though, Garrett, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't really we saw the trajectory, but we didn't understand the time frame. That's what I'm saying. Of yeah. the jizz, right? So by, <laughs> so when it, so when the jizz lands in the forest. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the last time we see the jizz that could be anywhere on Earth. Yeah. And then it specifies even more. It focuses on San Fran. So does the narrative focus on San Fran as the as the setting, or is that where the plant began its right. invasion? We they make we that know. unclear, right? Yeah, yeah we it's don't unclear. even know. This could just be you know this could be happening everywhere for a year already, mm-hmm. right. and we're just watching one story where it first popped up, Pop, mm-hmm. right. or it's the dawn of it all. We don't right. we don't right. know. I mean, the fact That's that, why, that yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah, it's well, terrifying with the way they way. convey the movie, it doesn't right. really matter. It doesn't. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like it's confusing, but it's okay. Like it doesn't right. matter that that's like a confusing thing about the movie. Right. Uh, I think I that makes it scarier. I do too. Because you don't know. Yeah. You don't right. know. And you really and don't know fact, where it is. It, it, uh, we all know the end game. This is yeah. just one pocket of that story. And no matter what, the, the world end, has ended. 
Yeah, totally. You know, like that's kind of it. it I yeah, mean, it, it, no it, happy ending. Uh, it, it's actually it's like the thing uh, after it escapes from Antarctica. It's essentially the story of the thing after the thing escapes oh, yeah. from Antarctica. Uh, the uh, the oh, what was I was gonna say I totally lost it. I don't know. Find find another thread for us. Well, I think the thing didn't escape Antarctica yet. It didn't. I know. Oh, I know. I not until just... not until you know they're noticed as missing. Yeah, and then someone comes up. Do y'all remember what books were read? That remember it was worlds collide or world collisions. Which one was it? I, worlds it, and collision. Worlds and collisions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just and kidding. then I don't well, remember that already what the other literally sounds like was. worlds and collisions. You yeah, know, right. two worlds collide. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, like exactly. Power Man Five Thousand. Oh God. I just think stuff like that is cute. I don't know. Why. I do too. I like that. I like that type of shit, man. I don't know why. I just, I just do uh, it. It just adds details. Yeah. Details and little yeah. psychological stunts like that just. Make the whole experience rich. That's why I can totally. comment on that's it. That's the that's the best way to put it. It makes it rich. Yes. Right. It adds it it gives you that world. It's just right. something. Right. You yeah. know, like yeah. there was a time when movies were just like, Well, they'll do the play and we'll just point the camera at it. Yeah. It's a movie. Right. And then it's like, No, 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 let's make a fucking movie. Yeah. Let's do it. And so yeah. that's like yeah. Involved. Yeah. It's creative. And what's with like the fifties themes? How the fifties horror movies always seems to relate to space and like invaders and well, that, I mean, that's what we were talking about before, yeah. I think, with um, uh, communism. I think that, that is the common oh, sort of... Oh, that was with the 50s, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the common theory anyway, that culturally we were just so afraid of the of the other being like the communists that we sort yeah. of like started telling all these stories of like being invaded. Uh, well, I think also, I think the space <laughs> yeah. thing just had to do with, you know, that was just where we were technologically at the time. Yeah. You know, by the time the late fifties rolled around, oh, right. there was talk that was like, "We want to go to space." Right, and right. then in, I think it was sixty-one. Right. Kennedy was like, mm-hmm. "We're going to the moon." Right, yeah. Right. You know, and so and was there really any reason beyond just humanity pushing the frontier? Final frontier. No, no, right. so I, I think just space. Like, sure, the the identity thing that's everything to do with communism, but I think the involvement of space in all the sci-fi is just in terms of like this is the this is the one unknown that we're most curious about. Well, and also and so oh, stories well, emanate from it. And I think say most, but definitely very curious. About yeah, it, yeah, right? exactly. Because yeah. it's our environment, you know. Exactly, it's, it's what's imaginative just, at that time. Just because it's outside of Earth, it still is our environment. That's why. Zodiacs is taken serious. Uh, these things are still nature because it encompasses us. You oh, know, yeah. Almost like when he was calling in and trying to get help. And one of the uh, prompts, uh, the lady had said, uh, this whole thing is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like our environment is amazing. And it's so goddamn amazing. We've turned into conspiracy theories. We've turned fearful. Uh, we turn ignorant. You know, and it's just, it's just a, a lot of things that we turn into even though we quote unquote have so much uh, knowledge, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still chaotic. That's yeah, all. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. so much knowledge and organization, but yet things are still. There's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't Space know. Space is so fucking yeah. huge, huge, and right. it's the craziest thing in the world to think that we're all just on this rock. Rocketing through this crazy right. abyss it's of just us. right? So yeah, right. space is, is on the imagination. Right. But what I'm saying is, just in the late '50s, where yeah. the story came from, the 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 desire to explore that was suddenly becoming a technological public. reality. Right. It was slowly yeah. there, you know. Well, so, and, and the space race is, and then is, that's where it began. Out yeah. of the do you understand the space race is is one of those? Did you want to say something? Because I, I I'm uh, well, I was probably going to say something similar. It sounds like to what you're okay, about well, to say because the space race is very intrinsically tied. To our fear, oh, of to communism the Cold War well, and all that, yeah, yes, it is because it, it was com- very much about like, look, whoever can get there fucking first yeah, is clearly is the most powerful, the one that 
could take the other one out and make sure they're you know in charge of the world or whatever. That's I mean that's Gentlemen, essentially what right. it was about. Point your dicks to space. I, I mean yeah, that's and essentially start what it was growing. About. Right, and if they you just, look at it in a, in, a, in a macro sense, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to space. <laughs> Pushing their boners up to space. That's for uh, America and or Russia. Travel's respectively. making me so hard. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we're up to. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> the space travel's making us really space, hard. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I'm horny talking about this shit. Because uh, I'm afraid space, of space, dude. The space I don't want anything race, to do right? with it. No, I don't want anything to do with this it. This is what the space race represents space. to me. Space yeah. or the oceans. I'm gonna stay out of it. Us Same. using tools, <laughs> okay? Like, t- all right, the thing that oh, you're human, getting into 2001 human, shit. Human beings, yeah. right? We use tools. We have the opposable thumbs, and we use tools. That's what makes us such a a, yeah. a practitioner in our environment. With our capabilities, to use tools. The space race represents represents our uh, our inclusion in nature. It represents what we actually do to nature. We use tools that we find in nature because this is our oh, habitat. Yeah. And we use them to technology is 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 the word tools mm-hmm. with extra syllables. Okay, so we advance we advance tools. So space race is perfect personification of, of what we do. Or not personification, representation representation rather of what we do. So we are still building tools to manipulate and control our environment. And that's why, yeah, if competition between uh Russia and America was was about uh, capitalizing on tools and, and might behind human unity. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and it was about sire, you know, uh, sovereignty. Uh, big, I love the idea of saying like we can both destroy each other right. equally with uh, with bombs. Right. I'll race you to space. I'll race yeah. you to space. You know, let's see who wins yeah. that one. Right. You know, we don't want to kill everybody. There's kind of hope in the Cold War like that. <laughs> and then Rocky it is. took it to the finish line. <laughs> sovereignty <laughs> balls. This is like my yeah. balls are bigger than your balls. Put in sovereignty language who, who clearly has uh, bad blood and bad history. It, it, but that space race as a is still a, a, a function of researching science. It, it, more so than that competitive vibe. It still was some utility and into finding out more about our environment. Just space, space is the one of the most uh, is the most unknown characteristic it's of final, our env- of our environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you will, right? Exactly. I don't know where I got that, <laughs> but it is. That's a movie, right? Yeah, it's Star yeah. Trek. It's like the slogan yeah. for Star Trek. Star Trek, and that's what it is. <laughs> our Star Trek is really uh, uh, an examination and, and a way to to uh, to, to hypothesize where, no where man we're has going gone before. Right? Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah, it really is. It yeah. really is, though. You know, it really is. The more we find ways to see into time, you know, we've 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 established uh, these combustion, these these fuel, these these fuels that that work off combustion to propel us into space. Yeah. The same technologies that's behind uh, insulation in homes. The same technology that's behind a bombs and nuclear bombs and hydrogen bombs. Like these these things are all fucking connected. Elements elements that exist on Earth. Are the same goddamn elements that exist in space, and we've tooled them. They, hey, we we've have. turned them into tools that that take us to space. <laughs> yeah, actually, and so we're going back to where we came from. Oh, absolute boom! Yeah. Just like the hippie lady said, the aliens came up and they said, "Where are the women at?" Yeah. <laughs> and then they got to going. Bino unknowingly just described the plot line to knowing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, what I think is funny too is though. So okay, so that was on the cusp of the imagination. I'm just thinking about like what were the. 
the the big the big imagination movies that that we have going on right now we're probably like gravity we have interstellar mm-hmm. coming out yep uh, uh, I, I thought inception would be up there i think for me oh, as inception. far as like big imaginative stuff we look at the uh, the superhero movie trend and all that mm-hmm. i'm trying to figure out what what uh oh what the what the, the what's sort the of one the, thematic thing just right like where where are we culturally what does this say about us and how we feel yeah, like it, I, I feel. Yeah, like I. Well, I know one of the big things that gets talked about a like lot. Space is still there, is the thing, but it, then it's also this technology thing, and I don't know. Yeah, uh, something that gets talked about a lot is just um, uh, uh, gl- globalism or international. I don't know how uh, what what the right word for this is, but uh, a common theme right now in movies is the idea that um, uh, even um, even American made movies, and this is partly just because of how they're funded. But they often now, uh, because they want to be able to take a movie and have China be able to watch it and have uh, Europe be able to watch it and have Australia be able to watch it and have uh, uh, the Middle East be able to watch it, like they want to be able to hit all these markets with it and have them all be able to understand it in some way and connect with it on some level. Uh, No matter what you're watching now, it's got like a sequence in China and a sequence in Africa. Mm. Like they're they're constantly globe hopping. Characters are always globe trotting in movies these days because they want them to be in all these different environments and cultures so that they can World War Z because of that. Yeah, you think that's a apply? I think that is an indication. I think that is an indication of where we are right now culturally. Because again, we're also where are we culturally? We're at the first time. Uh, we're in the early stages of becoming globally connected for the first time right. because of the internet and things like that. Yeah. We are becoming a more global culture. We're using these tools to connect ourselves over larger distances. Mm-hmm. Let's be uh, honest. It's because of Facebook. I mean, that yeah, uh, that, that is a perfectly a legit thing you could <laughs> yeah. say, actually. Facebook yeah. is this germ from space yeah. that has fallen on. That's, that's, our, to- that's, that's a totally thing. legit parallel you could make, I think. Absolutely. Uh, if our parents so, had the moon landing, we had the dawn of the internet. Yeah. And it's it's... I actually, I'll throw it out this way. I think that short of whatever makes us human, whatever happened in history, if aliens came down, fuck or whatever, I think probably the most incredible thing that humanity has ever created is the internet. Yeah. I, I think that's the pinnacle. We've created a singular database of all of our collected knowledge. Yeah, it's insane. Mm, that's deep. It's and it, insane. To, to, think, to think that uh, exchange of knowledge, uh, for the most part, well, not for the most part, for but for a significant part, is subjected to... You know, capitalism, global capitalism. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I think it is a commentary on, you know, uh, how we value organization and um, survival. Uh, we know we're not going to be out there. We know for the most part, uh, civilized societies aren't uh, out in, in the streets or in the wild killing and for to survive. We have transferred all this these uh, means of survival to currency. So in a sense, we've transferred our means of survival to materialism. You know, because by itself, currency. All this is an extension of, to, to to pull it back towards the movie, like with the spores and all that, just planting down and replicating. Right. It's just funny to think that all of this is just an extension of that. I mean, really, when you what we are wow. on on Earth is wow. we are just a being that replicates. Yeah. That's what humans are. Right. But you know, you look at you look at an ant hill. You look at Philadelphia. That's the same thing, right? Just on a different level, right? And so it's just funny to I, like what, what I think the thing that's scary about this movie is that the the more basic organism, at least the organism that is starting more basic, is you know it is an evolution in a way. These two organisms to you know procreate together, right. but also it is the end of humanity. You know, it's a uh, I'm trying to forget. I don't remember what my point was. But, um, <laughs> Oh so yeah, that's the yeah, thing. So that's the thing. <laughs> no, no, uh, the uh, 
goddamn marijuanas. Yep. You know, so it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what I, <laughs> I Did what you I, pick it back up? No, I think I picked it back up. <laughs> Is oh, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's that we we're when we think about humanity, we think about how we know it. I've known it for thirty years and that's it. You know, at one point humanity started as just we were just fucking and multiplying. That's it. Yeah. Right. But now we control an economy. Surviving. We mm-hmm. control the environment. Mm-hmm. We have built this internet. We have done all this mm-hmm. thing. Really, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is just we're watching the first step of that for another species. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're going to do it quicker, better, and faster than us um, just using our DNA. I heard you talking and about it's this. It's so terrifying to me to, you know, just to think like. But we this, worked so this, hard. This our organization attack. got this killed Acer. Yeah, and so when we think about all this organization and all our wars and all that, that's just an extension of that nature. We're just fucking and multiplying. But to see this, you know, to our our. Our growth into this is just natural, and this next step of these spores taking over, and making pod people like, who's to say that's just not the next natural step but, to it all? Well, yeah, that's what's so right. scary. About that's so it, scary. That about the fragile, the fragileness of it. Yeah. All through through all this time, through all this time, we built up all through all these organizations. Uh, when I say organization, I'm talking about just organizational ways of yeah. living. Mm-hmm. You know, the things, structures, the, structures, the different things, civilization systems, the things we came up to to, to hold up civilization. Mm-hmm. Just to think, a little, you know, a little space jizz could yep. destroy all just of that. Just a gust of space wind. Just a, right, it could destroy. Just all, could have blown in totally another direction. Yeah. Exceed all of that. Yeah. Just yeah, the fragileness the, of it is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, and it's reversed in war, like War of the Worlds. Yes. War of the Worlds, the aliens show up in spaceships. Well, there's more to it, but classic aliens show up and do that thing, and then after a while, they all just die. Why? Because the bacteria killed them. They didn't have the antibodies <laughs> like we have because we've lived here forever. Hey, welcome, we so earned our space. We could, be a di- we could be dinosaurs. What? We. Right? You and me? No, I mean, we could end up like dinosaurs, just like the body. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Whoop. All right. Now I'm back on board. <laughs> like, uh. Well, that's the thing is that <laughs> if you think about the universe and the world of invasion of the body snatchers and a bigger thing, you know, okay, let's say they eat up all of Earth and then destroy this planet, suck it all up, and then, you know, the blow solar winds blow it, and they yeah. move on to another yeah. one. And who knows? It could be billions and billions of years before they hit something else. Yeah. And then it happens again. And in all of that, the whole Earth thing is... <laughs> that much you yeah. know it's that little thing and it's just horrifying to watch you know to 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 see all of what we've built from our desire to just live and procreate to be destroyed single-handedly by something else that is merely as innocent mm-hmm. it's completely yeah. as innocent we busted that on the anthill yeah. it doesn't even seem that intelligent either no mm. I mean, intelligence is an extension <laughs> yeah, of that. They might grow intelligent. Story. We started out as fucking idiots, and then that's what I'm saying. They're I mean, still stupid people. It's it's uh, from what we saw. It is this like a microbial lot. organism right. that is simply just taking over bodies, right? Like right. it may not even be that. It, there may not be a plan here yeah. at all yeah, <laughs> in any way. That's definitely right. not a yeah. plan. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's it's just a thing that's happening. It's just a thing that's happening because that's just like the nature of this organism, you know. I like that idea. Scary shit. Scary yeah, shit. I, I, I like this movie a lot. I, like, I, I really love, liked this movie. Well, I the just, thing about the, like, I, I think that they, even, like, when we talk about the kind of clunky transition into the third Yeah, there's act, some weird stuff in this. I think that that is all there uh, because they really want that last shot of Donald Sutherland. For sure. The reveal that he is a yeah. person of the pod. And he, ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. 
No, we think a, that happened about five minutes before that sequence, though, right? I think like, it happened right well, after there, was, there was the one part where he was hiding under, yeah, and the guy and the was guy like, you can't hide here all night, and then Boom, it just cut, cut the right. Yeah, yeah. Right, that was, actually, that was good. Yeah. And so, and that's why the, the timeline's wonky earlier, because they can do jumps like that. Yeah. Right. So that at any point you can go... Was that person ever? Right. It's the same as the thing when they go. Was yeah. that person ever alone? Oh, there was. Yeah, there was they, a if ton alone, of moments in this movie where I was them. like, "Ooh, well, uh, time passed." So yeah. now I'm not sure anymore. Can't when were they alone? Awake. Can't stay awake. Can't stay. He can't stay awake forever. That was the last dialogues. That was the, the last bit of dialogue. Oh before yeah, they cut. That was and great. I, yeah. yeah. So I definitely think that was an instrumental piece right yeah. there. Yeah. That was it. That was definitely yeah it. because the guy who was looking for him. He shown a flashlight. He shown a flashlight directly into the camera lens, mm-hmm. making it seem like. We were caught. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. even in my head. I was like, okay, he's probably gone now. Yeah. He was just found. Yeah. Even though they don't show it or tell you. I liked how, I liked how it still showed like the emptiness of feelings. Like mm-hmm. it feel, the movie was about these emotionless creatures. Right. And they still, and the, it seemed like the director or yeah, the director still de-emphasized that the word de-emphasized caring because even with the, uh, the team of real humans, they tried to help each other out a little bit. They kissed, maybe, but it wasn't much. It was wasn't much like uh, Karen. keeping up appearances. It was more like complaints. If anything, mm-hmm. they Karen came out as more like complaints that kind of falls on deaf ears. You know what I mean, it's just and then and then at the end, Sutherland is one of them. You know what I mean? So it's like we living in a horror movie. She's um, the only one left. <laughs> Going back to like the themes of the times, do mm-hmm. you think like our theme now is something along those lines of where we're all on our phones and looking at screens, we're not mm-hmm. connecting to each other? That seems oh, to be yeah. like a big theme in movies. These yeah, days. I know. I mean, this sacrificing is a... connection for connectivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that totally. A, I, this is a weird parallel to make, but I, I, it's just because I just heard him talk about this. Uh, K- Kevin Smith was talking about that about a movie he's making right now uh, with his daughter. He uh, if Dan and I saw Tusk, uh, yeah, his like new. Horror. Did you see that movie? No, but uh, there's so it. there's a small it's portion. Fucking great, it's crazy. <laughs> there's a there's a very. I saw a clip of it. Yeah, just a small. What Justin Long was on uh, Fallon or Seth Meyers. Sure. Or, yeah, just showed a clip of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's but fucking a very, bat shit. It's yeah. crazy good. It's there's cool. a very small sequence in a convenience store that stars his daughter and uh, Johnny Depp's daughter as like these two Canadian teenagers. Uh, and the whole time they're just staring at their phones, but like still like talking to the character without ever really looking at him. Yeah. He's making a movie starring those two characters. And he said the whole point of the movie is he just wanted to make a movie about like teenage girls today. So the concept of the movie is that it's this crazy, like supernatural, like batshit stuff is happening around these two main characters no that idea. are not connected to it at all. <laughs> they're just standing there staring at their phones, texting people the whole time. Really ridiculous shit is happening around them. Yeah, it's funny. I think it's I think this this new social media uh, technology explosion. Yeah, I think uh, it's more like it's just a reorganizing of uh, different peoples and in, in societies around the globe. I think it's like a subculture oligarchy that's mm-hmm. forming now because uh, there's a lot of uh, culture makers, uh, people who are connecting with other individuals, uh, making things happen, manufacturing, um, they're uh, in the arts, they're in the entertainment, whatever. They're actually actually doing a lot of living and doing. And then I think you have uh, an element of people who aren't. They're more so, uh, oh, they really are stuck on their phones in a, mm. in a quasi uh, virtual type of existence. And I think it's just a, 
the sub I think is a lot of subcultures having a core, and then you have this like a uh, dandelion fur that is the uh, the kind of the non-active dandelion uh, fur. <laughs> Sorry, I love that <laughs> participating in these subcultures. And yeah, I think yeah. it's just more like a just a reorganization than anything. But what it's doing is putting a lot of power and influence in the these smaller subsets of cultures that are exist that that are now growing because there's a lot of people still really doing stuff and living mm. and making and creating and you know and capitalizing and banking you know what i mean like mm -hmm. really real shit still going on mm -hmm. um on the ground mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. inside bricks and mortars mm. but then you know there's also a, a growth of this dandelion fur Mm. And, uh, these dandelion birds have to be attached to some stems. They have to be attached to oh, stems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so that's all. That's 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 kind of my thinking of where you know the direction we're going. Um, you know, that's all. I think uh, a theme that that is big in movies now that like ties them all together is surveillance. Yes, mm -hmm. I think that is the huge thing that scares and intrigues us, much mm -hmm. the way space did. Mm -hmm. You know, for movies from the fifties and stuff. I, uh, this movie's even a little bit about that. This movie is like who oh, is yeah. watching? Everyone right. is watching. Right. Like the, you know, eyes everywhere. Right. And it's 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 equal parts fear and fascination. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's I think the best horror generally does that. Mixes the fear and the fascination yeah. where it's like I want I really want to know what is going on here, but I know it's a bad idea. They even put surveillance into a Batman movie. That's how right oh, you yeah, are yeah. About, about that point. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. And it was and it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You can sign my resignation at Wayne <laughs> Wayne Wayne Enterprises. Just type in <laughs> my initials at the end of the yeah. <laughs> he blew him up. Well, I guess one time's okay. Batman crawled through a river of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could say that I walked out on. I wish I could say that. That he um. Uh, <laughs> I I think that uh, with the best in the in the fashion of the best horror movies, you know, we've done Halloween, we've done yes. Poltergeist is a great example yeah. of this. Is that the fascination of whatever the horror is mm -hmm. is what draws you in? The scariest thing to me is getting involved in a situation where I knew better uh -huh. and I did it anyway, and now I'm fucked. Mm -hmm. And I think the best you know horror has that. You know, Donald Sutherland here, he could not help but to be drawn into this mystery. Yeah. And now he's well, a pod person. Ignorance is bliss. He could have just kept just going. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and so, but I, I think that's the scariest horror. Uh, there's everything is saying, don't stay at the Overlook Hotel. Yes. It's, yeah. it's literally <laughs> there. And then, fuck, you know, oh, we shouldn't have done it, but we're mm -hmm. stuck. Sir, don't go into room 1408. <laughs> don't do it. I'm going in. I'm stuck at 1408. <laughs> it's don't always push this the red button. Yeah, don't, exactly. It's always that. Yeah. And I think that's what scares us. And that's the parallel to why like things like surveillance, yes. space, yes. all of that, why those are in movies, because I am fascinated by it. I love anything that my phone can do that can allow me to look at a camera of something else. And, you know, it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So but I'm totally freaked out that everyone can see everything that I'm doing because they totally can because I put it out there. Yeah. So it's I'm fascinated with it. I love Facebook, but I'm fearful of it because I'm horrified by all the and shit that's probably out there. You and know? that's damn near surveillance. That's the surveillance in itself. That's that's uh, surveillance that we're signing Self up surveillance. for. Yeah. Yeah. So that at any point, if something fucked up happens, it's like, well, you know, I did agree to that terms of service agreement. Yeah. And I did yeah. not read it. Yeah. Yeah, so you what think, are you gonna do? You think like uh, humans' collective interest in in space and in surveillance? You think that's our tragic flaw? I don't think it's a flaw so much. I just think it's where we have this crazy curiosity, and that stems from our nature to grow from that spore. 
But I'm just saying movies nowadays, that's the big thing is surveillance. Right. Yeah, and much the like the way we put, you know, space and right. stuff like that in the movies back in the day and used it for horror is because we're fascinated by it. I think horror is so effective. Poltergeist, one of the greatest things about it is what crazy funhouse things in this house can we discover? <laughs> they play with it. They're stacking chairs. They're sliding across the floor. They're seeing what they can do with it, and we're along for the ride. Right, right. But it's also horrifying when they when they pull the rug out from under you. Yeah. And so, the, like, there's a fascination here in this in this, uh, you know, in movies nowadays. We're fascinated by the surveillance kind of thing, and but we're also fearful of it. That's what you say. Found the footage is, is stems from that in whole 2014. thing. What's the three? What's the top three uh, su- uh, su- surveillance theme movies this year? Um, let's oh, see. Oh God, I don't. Yeah, I put. I don't know. Put the could, movie buffs on the spot. Yeah, Look at them. Speechless. Uh. Well, I mean, the first and foremost is Captain America Two. Oh, for sure. Um, that is absolutely a hundred percent about that. And that's also 100% about, like, these people that are surveilling us say it's in our best interests, but how do we know? You know, I think that's a big running theme. Um, I would say that any of the Bourne movies get into that Mm. a little bit. What about that uh, that Shia LaBeouf one? Oh, what was it? Eagle, Eagle Eye. Eye. Eagle Eye. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) That was 2014? No, No. that was 2014. Was that a good one? Um, no, Skyfall was last year. That has a, uh, there's just that running theme of just fear and who do we trust and who's watching us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think much in the way that our harm, the you know, much in the way that that with communism and all that, it might not have been direct. That affected the story of invasion of the body. Found mm-hmm. footage movies. Um, yeah, just found, in, found general, movies found in general, found footage movies. I think is uh, oh, is huge oh, evidence huge. of that. And so that's what I'm saying is that we use that fascinating thing for Surveillance, yeah, because, I mean, the... It's almost literally surveillance. Yeah, the implication of a found footage movie is... I've been I've been surveilling these char- like these characters right. maybe surveilling like themselves right. but yeah voyeurism. Well if you look yeah. at paranormal activity is literally surveillance cameras yeah, it's, it's surveillance it's literally cameras. what yeah. it is. But and it's so exactly it's the same way that communism and the red scare weren't yeah. direct that you know the movies weren't directly about that. Right. It still informs that a product fear. of that sort of My environment. My bet for nowadays yeah. is surveillance cuz mm-hmm. it's everywhere. That's mm-hmm. you know that's all of it. We we want to know who's the thing is where we don't like people watching us, Captain America too. Yeah, but, but if we have the chance to watch, yeah, we want to watch. That's watch reality footage. television. Yeah. See, uh, yeah, like, that's reality bluff? television. Absolutely. You ever see Snow on the Bluff? Snow on the Bluff is. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen it, but I know what it is. Snow on the Bluff is a uh, found footage. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about his drug dealer in Atlanta. He's not. He's not really a drug dealer. He's more like a stick up boy. So mm-hmm. he goes around robbing drug dealers mm-hmm. for this stuff. And it, it starts off. Uh, he, he robs a, a couple for their camera. Uh, by deception through deception and then you get to see because uh, he, he tapes everything you get to see what type of life he lives and all the type of shit that he did and gets into and then eventually you know uh, he, he capitalizes off of that uh, with a director and they make it like a movie it becomes like a hood legend but, you, but even <laughs> that's, that's surveillance awesome. mm-hmm. and but and that's the I think that at the gist is for, for somebody like him he was making money he used it as a product to a uh, good or a service to, to get to, to earn money off of the American way, right? But then, in another sense, uh, we get to see a, a, a life, or a, we, we we are informed of uh, realities out there that we may not be necessarily acquainted with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that is the that surveillance is an extension of our eyes. We learn; most of us learn through vision, mm-hmm. and that's how we make sense of our environment through vision. 
uh, and that's how we are informed. Well, I think that's why surveillance lends itself so well to movies nowadays. I think that's why that's the thing that we've latched on that seems to be. I mean, if we've agreed that surveillance is the common theme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's definitely a visual thing. It I, totally I, plays yeah. into that. I would actually put throw a second one in there, and this was more earlier in the 2000s, but I think it's about to make a comeback, and you'll know why when I say it. But infection was a big For thing. Sure. Yeah. That was, uh, we even shifted our horror movies. Like zombie movies weren't just the undead. Mm. It was no, it's a disease. Right. I remember right. 90s. Right. I remember um, 90s like outbreak and stuff, especially with HIV. Oh yeah. yeah. HIV. And exactly, outbreak right. came out of outbreak, out of the HIV right. scare. Yeah. Yeah. It's like whatever scares us in real life, boom, boom. goes into that. Starts coming yeah. out. Right. Yeah. That's wild. I'm trying uh, to think of another one. Which you know what's interesting. I bet uh, we can have this I bet we can I mean for sure we'll be able to have this conversation that we're trying to have about 2014 much better 10 or 20 years from now when we have a much perspective on it right when we do that episode 3426 (laughs) (laughs) when we do that what's going to be interesting is I bet what we're going to see is the gap between when something scares us and when we start telling stories about that Uh. closes Things are happening so much faster and so much more rapidly now, including right. the actual making of movies, like the actual like making, funding, getting a movie together and getting it up on the big screen that I think we're going to that gap is closing. And we are starting to like as we are becoming afraid of something like the art is being produced and released as it's happening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, which yeah. I, I think will be a fascinating kind of thing in That's and of itself. The, the gauge will happen real quick. Yeah. You know, we'll be able to figure it out and move on. Well, I mean, you because what happened was just like, you know, do you remember the 70s? I remember the 80s. I love the 90s. Best week ever. Have you seen tomorrow yet? Like, yeah. It, it, you know, totally goes into the end. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think this era is kind of Next boring. week ever. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen next week? <laughs> next week or next week ever. Next the week following week. week. <laughs> I think it's boring, though. I think it's born out of this... Uh, this connectedness, this uh, global explosion of, oh, absolutely. of connectedness. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, That's why I said the globalism right. thing before, yeah, right. too. It's, it's all boring. part of that. So what yeah. you have is these exchange of ideas. How is Captain America, too, the best example of that as well? I, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, exactly. that's, that's what happened. A lot of people around the world are having access to uh, technologies that enable them to terrorize. And I think 9-11 kind of, uh, kind of blew the lid off, uh, you know, no pun intended. And then we always then talk we about have, how movies got super cynical right after yes. 9-11. Right. So now you got this terroristic element uh, happening all around the world and domestically. And I think uh, surveillance is a good way to s- make sure, you know, nothing, nothing terrorizing is going to go down, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, that's definitely where that's that's sort of born. Well, from. That's and the that's the fascination and the, the fear thing. That I was, I was just going to say, yeah. that, yep. That's why there's a fascination with it, because there's also this idea that like, well, wait, there's a good side to this. Yeah. You know, it's not like a, it's not like I have to like think that this is all going to be used against it's me. It's all fucking right. fire. I could use it against, you know what I mean? Right. I could protect myself by using it against the enemy. Right. You know? right. So there's a fascination with it. Right. But there's a fear too because if I can use it against the enemy, you bet the enemy can use it against right. me. And even more so, it, currently one of our big fears is soaking my own government. Like, are they the enemy too? Right. Like, do I? Can I even trust them? Right. It's fire. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Fire can save your life. Yeah. Fire can cook your food, right. and fire can burn you in the most horrifying, yeah. painful That's way right. until you're dead. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, yep. you know, but. You have to dance with the devil, you know, if you if you want those things. And that's where I think a lot of horror comes from. You know, in in horror movies, it's always oh, I I hate that whole thing when you're like, I don't want, but you got to do it. At at, at its primal essence, it's fear versus hope. Mm. 
probably on the same spectrum, but fear and hope's got us, you know? We structure our life around them. I feel like if I was in a horror movie, I would got die or give up super early. Like <laughs> the movie about me would probably be ten minutes because if there's something coming after me, I'll just just take like with like hostile or saw or something. I'm not a survivalist. I'm just being like, I'm just gonna sit here and wait for this trap to squash my head. I'm just gonna uh, I've accepted it. Like the, I'm not gonna fight it. I don't want to take something out of the inside of my eye to unlock this contraption on my head. I'm just gonna sit and wait for it just to do it and just get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. Am I morbid? Or right. that the bear trap one where she has to yeah. cut the Just, guy open and pull the key yeah. out? I was like, my Anything first thought would be like, like oh. I wouldn't be able to do that in a minute. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. Of, And then by the time I'm like, you know what? I really should do it. I'd have like eight seconds left. Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> like in, in Hostel, and the guy, he's got like, he's so mangled and his eye and his leg is all messed up but he's still like i'm gonna survive i would just be like uh, can you just finish <laughs> so th- it like, so this is how it all goes down yeah. <laughs> oh this was a good run for me <laughs> the elevator now. at my work broke the other day and it was like really rumbling and i was the only one in it and my phone had no signal and my first thought was like all right oh, this is well you had a good run <laughs> oh, <laughs> i did that man. too when i flew out to la there was like a little bit of turbulence False. i was like oh <laughs> i guess it. i guess i had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> like they're totally went from <laughs> <laughs> from being fine to accepting death. It was the like weirdest thing. That's what scared me the most is when I got up, I was like, oh, I was actually just kind of excited that I didn't have to go back to work. <laughs> that was my thing. That's exactly what my thing was. I was like, if I'm dead, I don't have to go to work anymore. <laughs> that's so sad, but that's exactly what went in my head. So just fast forward I, to I'm the not going to kill myself to avoid work, <laughs> but if I die well, I have my and joke. then I avoid work, that's cool. I have my joke on stage about just I'd rather be sick at home than have to be at work. Oh, like yeah. I look forward to being sick. It's the best. Just so I have a legit excuse yeah. not to go to work. Like I'll take <laughs> diarrhea. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm fine with that as long as I don't have to sit at that desk for eight fucking hours. <laughs> I remember one time I was I had the worst food poisoning and thusly the worst diarrhea. But there was this great like three and a half hour movie that I didn't have time to watch that I really wanted to see. And when I got the diary, I was just like, well, I'll pop it in. Time to watch some Netflix. I really did catch up on my DVR. And then when you're throwing up, you're like, wow, this is a really great ab exercise. (laughs) A great ab exercise. (laughs) It tightens the core. I've never (laughs) seen Apocalypse Now Redux. uh, I'm not going anywhere for a while. My TV shows aren't going to watch themselves. The funeral music at the end was real airy, too. He thought he was coming down and be delivered, you know, be out of here, be safe. And it was like funeral music, like just signifying like terminalness, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's done. It's, mm. it's a wrap. You're going to die. Like, you know. Yeah. Humanity is doomed. Yeah. It was airy. Doomed. Yeah. Like, see, I would have just accepted it and just be like, all right, whatever you guys got to do, just make it quick. It did know. have, uh, <laughs> I, I want to bring one more thing up because I think we really should try and wrap this thing up here. Uh, this will actually end up being one of our longest episodes, which is kind of kind of cool. Uh, we're at an hour 45 right now. Yeah, right uh, as long as the movie. But I wanted to bring up <laughs> the, the soundtrack. We almost brought it up before and didn't. The, yeah. it's I, I loved it, and it's really interesting because it's a lot of things. There is, like, score in this. There's, like, orchestral score throughout it. There's music. Um, there's, uh, there's music, and it's, like, very John Carpenter-ish, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's just like a very synthy kind of, of like just sounds though. There's but then a lot of it is like a soundscape. Yeah, it seemed like it would just focus on one sound yes. in the room and turn that up really, really mm-hmm. loud. 
and it some, used almost it where you multiple, couldn't. Sometimes it was multiple sounds. You couldn't oh, yeah. even hear the dialogues sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it well, was unsettling to me. Even with the lights on, that that shit still kind of. Bino got real creeped because, and I figured out what they were doing. They did it a bunch of times, and I wasn't. I was trying to figure out what the thematic thing was, like why this sound would happen. I couldn't really see anything that connected it, but they did just use the sound of people screaming. At, like 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 blood curdling screams right. at, in like a very faint like faint. background sound effect amongst other sounds. Right. You, know, you peeped it. So you think that like yeah. shit's going down far away, but that we don't. No, because it was see. always I I, I couldn't figure it out. Like it was the, usually when they were around other, you know how it was a whole bunch of looking and like yeah. a lot of emotionless people, so you knew it was some body snatchers around. But when any of the protagonists were in the scene. And they were amongst the, them. You would hear that faint yeah. sound. I didn't know whether that was the, the people or that was the soundtrack. But then mm-hmm. be, the, that sound became more pronounced when everybody knew the, the like by the third act when everybody knew what was going on. That sound became pronounced, and it was clearly the zombies, or the body snatchers. You know, it was clearly mm-hmm. you know them making that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking at some of the reviews. Does anyone care to take a guess at what the uh, what the Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes score is oh, for wow. Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Uh, is this Price is Right rules we can't go over? Uh, no, 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 we just, tend to just, just go who's closest. closest. Yeah. <laughs> the highest is the best or the lowest is the best? Uh, 100% is the best movie. Zero percent is the worst movie. I'm gonna put out and so it, like, what they do is they total all of the like reviews and rank the reviews as either good or bad, and then do an overall percentage of good versus I'd bad. I'd say it might be about eighty four keeps popping in my head. Eighty four? Yeah. Uh, I keep wanting. I, for some reason, I keep wanting to put it in the sixties, but I, I want it to be better than that because I liked it more than that. I'm going to say like seventy five. Um, I'm gonna give it. A, it's got to be a B plus or A minus. I'm gonna give it a ninety point eighteen. Ninety point eighteen, <laughs> not quite a ninety point two. Uh, it's a ninety six. Wow, ninety six. But what's funny is all of the good reviews are. Here's what gives remakes a good name: Invasion of the Body Snatchers validates the entire concept of remakes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all that stuff. Um, but we kind of decided that maybe it wasn't a remake. It, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's also this is the kind of remake of a concept. Yeah, yeah, this is the kind of remake that tends to work actually. Uh, which whereas like. They're not literally trying to like re- retell the the actual story of those characters. Yeah, like they're psycho. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just going like, okay, we liked that concept, so let's do that concept again. Let's you do know? it the next town I, over. Yeah, not but not like let's take those characters and tell their story again. AV Club. That's almost like a sorry. Oh, like, no, no, like, go for uh, it. Clueless. Because what isn't that based off of like a Shakespeare? Oh, it might be. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And then it's just placed in the nineties. Yeah. And anyway, what's well, like? Uh, what's it? Um, ten things I hate about you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Shakespeare. Bees. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I cannot hear the the way anywhere. Uh, I think that's Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the AV Club one puts uh, a little bit of a cultural spin on it. So this actually will help us since none of us could figure out what was going on historically in 78. Yeah, please. Set at the intersection of post-Vietnam paranoia Mm -hmm. and the myopic introspection that became hippiedom's most lasting cultural contribution. The Philip Kaufman-directed invasion alternates social commentary with impeccably crafted scares. Whoa. That's what we were basically saying. Now here's the thing. Here's one of the few negative reviews, but it's also saying what we were saying. Wow. The film collapses midway, 
Because of unsure and sloppy direction, splintered story continuity, and the overacting of Adams, Cartwright, and others. So they hit on something that I guess hit a tone with us in terms of like breaking the uh, that third act transition. Yeah, yeah. Just it, uh, uh, structurally, it seemed a, a little bit strange. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, although I, th- I felt like it was all still very impactful. Like it, did, I didn't feel the way that guy did by the end of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it's it still made sense to me and was impactful. I think it was messy necessarily it's just a little little weird not <laughs> not not the kind of structure i would be used to i guess i don't know and see and the thing that i liked about this is the ending yeah because the thing with horror movies is that pisses me off is it's really good 75 percent of the time up until you reveal like the end right the end is gonna make or break your horror flick and a lot of horror flicks don't have good endings. Yeah, it's just that's true. That, and then yep. it just ruins the whole thing. Yeah, and I mean, you. I'm not one to let a bad ending ruin a whole movie. No, I do. Uh, but uh, I, I, I can. It'll definitely put a damper on the experience. Yeah. that'll hurt it a lot. I enjoy me. movies that, that kind of leave you open ended. Well, and I, I think especially horror movies that is sort of the best ending for them. Yeah. is is a sort of fatalistic ending. You, you know, come, where it's like, always, oh, no, if you do all. come to a conclusion, you're like. Ugh. Yeah. Why did it have to be explained? There's, there's some that have like good conclusive endings, but I, I think it is like you want to be left with a feeling of like it's still not safe. You know, not what I mean? always though. I think yeah. it depends on your horror movie. I yeah. mean, if you look at Poltergeist, if you yeah. look at f- fuck it, you're next. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at that's uh, actually that was, a pretty open, ambiguous see, ending too. That's though. an open ending, but uh, it's see, like you know like she it. did it. You yeah, know, the Conjuring. And that was they, it. They did she did do it, it though? She killed one cop. She's definitely going to get arrested in ten seconds. Yeah, but I mean, no. But she see, what the thing with the Conjuring is that they also ended it in a way that they were off to another case. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's like it could still happen, like you said. Oh, it's yeah, still it still happen exists to you. in the but, world, of course. But yeah, yeah, what I think is a lot of these visual narratives also rely on that good acting. Mm. And what we had in this, even if it wasn't open ended, what we had in this was Donald Sutherland. Uh, we couldn't tell if he was still emotional. We, we well, that's what he, I mean. This was definitely open. I we think, know he sure. was going oh, yeah, through the. We ending. know he was going through the emotions, mm. but just knowing his, how his character developed throughout the movie, we couldn't tell if he truly was emotionless or he was feigning it. He was acting emotion like emotionless. Mm. So oh, up yeah, until yeah. he actually, yeah. you know, Brah. right? Yeah. We didn't really know because remember he put something in his pocket. He seemed like he was operating, maybe possibly. Yeah, he was fine. Fine. Yeah. Right, so some of these these visual narratives still at the end of the day rely on the abilities of the actor to, oh, yeah. to convey. There's no know. lines there for him. Or yeah. do you think the ending could be he still wasn't caught yet and he's just acting like, because remember they said, I actually act, just act thought like about them. that when Bino said that and it yeah. didn't cross well, my thank, mind before. Well, you should thank like Donald said earlier for having that, that question. Because she said earlier, to blend in yeah. with them, don't show any emotions, and then maybe he's acting like one of them so that They'll go after her and right. not him. And maybe she is one of them. Mm. Oh, she was crying at the end. No, I think that was good acting. Could just be part of it. They do remakes. They do remakes all the time. Hey, you're just doing it for Shakespeare. I wonder how many... T- I like, wonder what the criticisms were. Because you know all of his stories were replayed over and over again. If you wasn't reading books, you were going to the playhouse to watch some shit. Mm. I wonder what the, the criticisms were. Like, were they, were they really... Oh, they didn't do it like the last... The last Shakespeare play I saw, they just ah, I didn't yeah. like the way they took it there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why, why did they have? Why did they have? Dude, like, dude, Shakespeare's a hack. Shape, I like old Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Before he fucking sold out. 
Shakespeare's so mainstream. I'm fucking. What was the theater? Now I can't think of the theater. Before he no. started doing Wells Fargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I liked it back at the. What was the name? Like the not the Octagon. I forget what it was called. Whatever his theater was. The Octagon. I saw him back in his conservatory <laughs> days, but now he sold out Madison Square Garden. Oh man. Yeah, when when Shakespeare playing, changed drummers, yeah. they really. I saw him at the track. Yeah. <laughs> when he was playing Medusa, he was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, I saw him when he opened four Fallout Boys. <laughs> <laughs> fucking unreal. And now they're opening for him. Yeah. <laughs> now he wouldn't even be in the same room with those hacks. <laughs> Can I just point out, I did see Fallout Boy live. Not that great. Yeah, I saw mm. them open for Catch-22. Not surprising. Open <laughs> really for <not>. Catch-22. <laughs> they're, they're not really good in any form. Live, recorded, <laughs> you know, to look at. They're nothing. It's just I they're, like them they're recorded, but they experience. can't. They can't reproduce. That I wish stage. the who can't reproduce what? What? <laughs> oh, we could totally have this conversation yeah, on we a, anywhere uh, other than the podcast. Okay, uh, I, 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 I see. Listen to Scully. Y'all should see Scully's eyes. He looked like he just he was hitting that one hitter one too many times. And then you got Garrett's eyes look very similar, but it's for a whole other reason. He is ready to hit the sack. <laughs> this was fun. I really appreciated Scully. I really appreciate Garrett. Yeah, oh, man. What was your name again? Jeff. Jeff. Yes. All Jeff. Right. It's going to stick down like a third time. Three, the three rule, you know. I really appreciate it, y'all yeah, inviting man. me. Absolutely. I had fun, man. That was it was a great movie to watch. Tell tonight. us this. Have you seen any good yeah. movies lately that you can recommend to our audience? Uh, pick lately? A, pick a recommendation of something oh that, that particularly uh, tickled your fancy. All right. Uh, it was this, this Korean movie I saw on Netflix. Uh it was like some drifter, and then he had to like he took some girl re- like refuge. She, uh, she had got beaten up or raped or something like that. It was a Korean movie, so it was subtitles. And I remember um, him protecting this little girl throughout the whole movie. And they they uh, they ended up building like a friendship. And um, by the end of it, man, I was I was crying. Can't remember. I can't think remember like, the name. I think of it? it's called A Man Without a Past. Maybe. Okay. I think it may be called A Man Without a Past. Uh, a man out of nowhere, face from nowhere. It's Korea. You Google it. It's Korea, but it's Korean movie. <laughs> and on the other side, I would say, T- the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Be- only because... I, I saw that shit on my 30th Where? birthday. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. So, oh, well, my 32nd. I saw it on my 32nd. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, look, this is the thing. Cal- so, so, you're a Leo. Dude. So, you're a Leo. Well, I like Michelangelo, but uh, yeah, I'm a Leo. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was a nice little... <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So look, this is the thing with TMNT. Uh, I know we gotta get out of here. <laughs> I had the same feeling that as a grown man, not knowing anything about TMNT, I had the same feelings. I I, I tried to replicate how it would feel if I was a kid watching Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles, yeah. but in my time, you know, the, like a new two thousand type of kid. And I really got sucked into that storyline. I love <laughs> the inclusion of April, giving her some real uh, uh, authority in, in their origin. I love, I just love that movie in terms of, if I, it doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't beat the original to me. Yeah, yeah. But if I was a kid coming up nowadays, I would truly appreciate oh, yeah. that That's TMNT. the only thing I really think it had going for it is I, I think that a kid might like it. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I enjoyed my whole time watching it, but I just hated, like, I, I wanted, that movie could have been awesome, and they settled for just like, eh, we'll do it, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted, to, you know what would have fixed every problem, I think, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? If instead of just producing it, if Michael Bay just fucking balls to the wall, actually flat out directed it, that would have been amazing. Yeah. 
But at, at the end of the day, when they're like duking it out with Shredder on the roof, yeah. I was like, this is fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're fucking right. beatboxing in the elevator. It was a lot of fun. You felt like you were 12 again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can't fault it. Right. Right on. Did you see anything, Jeff? Uh, actually, there was a um, uh, romantic comedy making fun. They came together. Oh, I, I wanted to see that. This. Yeah, David Wayne. Yeah. It's so wet hot, which is like one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time. Because it's, it's like commenting on romantic comedies and it's just being so outlandish and so goofy yeah. that you just kind of have to go with it. And then you just like laugh at the stupidest shit. And it's oh, because I was like, oh, I didn't really know it. I didn't know it was a David Wayne movie at first. Mm-hmm. Really? Watched. Yeah. And I put it on because I was just like, oh, Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's a dumb romantic comedy. And then I'm like, oh, my God. It took me about 10 minutes into the movie. I was like. Oh, yeah, they're, they're making it. fun of yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. Like, oh my god, this is wet hot too. Like, oh, I, I was so excited. Yeah, I really want to see I was that. Like, it was one of the funniest things I've ever. Are you seen. are you a fan of Hot Rod? Yes. Okay, I say that one not not as much as Wet Hot, but that one had the no, same kind of thing where I was like, oh, it's just gonna be a goofy comedy that's good enough. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, it's transcendent. I realized it was gonna be genius. Yeah, like you know when you watch a movie with a girl and they're like, oh my god, that's so stupid. Yeah, that yeah. would never happen. You're just like, no, you just have to believe yeah. it's gonna happen. <laughs> and just, and just accept it and just laugh at it because it's so stupid. Like they're just, so good at that. I love that David Wayne style. Yeah, he is. So I definitely go go see it. Yeah, all right. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I know what movie you're gonna say. Oh, totally. Bino said he he grabbed his title though, real quick. I I grabbed my title. It's called The Man from Nowhere. There you go. And that actually sounds familiar. It's about a vengeful man who embarks on a murderous rampage when the only person who seems to understand him is taken from him. Oh shit! That was so it was so touching and heartwarming. But the thing is, what the understated fact about this movie is? Was it? He is super badass. Super badass. Cool. What was it? Uh, oh God, this is gonna kill me now. There's a Matt Damon movie. We with bought something a zoo. Similar. <laughs> oh God. It was like a conspiracy. It was almost sounded exactly like that. The, the bureau, bureau, the adjustment bureau. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Was a little girl involved? Nah, okay. no, it was so. super people that affect fate. It's a. Cra- we'll get into it. It was, yeah. Matrix it was on you. That's I know what movie you're. Gonna oh, the pick. guest for the sure. Guest. The guest. Uh, <laughs> Adam Wingard's the guest. Uh, apparently, it's gonna come out on Halloween weekend. I think a wide release. Um, I, I know it's gonna be at our at the Ritz around. Oh, it'll here. be at the Ritz. Okay. So it'll be it'll be around though. Yeah, it's. I think uh, it'll pick find, up. Find this movie. It is. Uh, oh, it's great. Yeah, the way yeah. you guys talked about it is making me really want to. Um, I it's it. I keep wanting to tell people about it, but I feel like it's it's just better the less you know about it. Because uh, I don't think there's any sort of ad that you could do. For yeah, there's no way it to sell it to either you. betray it or yeah. undersell it. So they went yeah. with undersell it. Oh, okay. Because uh, there's a I couple like easy cool. ways I could describe it to you, but they all would kind of spoil it. I think it's just better to like watch it and enjoy it because it's just fun. It's it's just a fun movie. It's like a great fun movie. I I just loved it. I thought I thought it was great, and it, it just it reminded me. It's like me, a fucking movie movie. Yeah, Ugh. it reminded me of some other just like great classic movies that I really like. It it was it was good, and it, guess- it is like. Yeah, and it all stands on this guy Daniel Stevens, I think is his name. His uh, performance, Dan Stevens, Dan yeah, Stevens, Daniel Stevens. Stevens. His performance is like outstanding. He's this like great uh, leading character, uh, like very strong leading character. One of the stronger I've seen on screen in, in a while, and uh, it, it was it was great. I'd say that at the end of that movie, when the whole house of cards falls and you see the story, you then realize that this character that 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 this guy played like. 
throughout the movie, 100% of the time, made you feel exactly how the movie wanted you to feel yeah. at that point. You just don't see it until you get to they the end where you're you. just like, wow, they play, you know, like yeah. if there was a play going on here. It's fucking good. It's yeah, really good. All right, all right, yeah, all right. You gotta say a little too much because I'm very intrigued. Yep. It's, uh, I'm going for my movie. It follows. Yeah, I want to see it. It follows was fucking great. That's a horror movie. It's the first horror movie in ages that I actually felt scared. There was a couple points where. I had an audible reaction as well as other people in the theater. But there's nothing that ever jumps out. It's a story about a haunting that is sexually transmitted. Nice. If you get fucked by a person that has this haunting, it follows you. And the only way to get rid of it, well, I think we can all intuit the only way to get rid of it. <laughs> to shit it out. To shit it out. Oh. Shit That's follows. where you were That's going. That's the sequel. It. it follows, and then shit follows. <laughs> and then there's the porn one, <laughs> It Swallows. And then the European porn hey, one, Shit gonna Swallows. Be a prequel. That's going to be a prequel, It Swallows. A <laughs> <laughs> <And> foreplay. <laughs> no, but It Follows was scary. It was, uh, and it starred the same girl. Same as girl as in uh, The Guest, who was, who was great in The Guest. I liked her a lot. Well, good uh, for her. Yeah, it's, movies, you know, I keep, I keep trying to figure out how to talk about this. What, the guest is badass. That's what it is. It's worth seeing because it's badass. It's a real badass movie. Uh, oh, you've already sold me. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, in that case, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> I don't know let's wrap this up, else. do our sign-off. We've got a sign-off that we do every week. You guys will pick it up as we do it. Uh, we'll throw to you for it. I promise it's not a big God. deal. You'll figure it out. Uh, you ready? He's not ready. I'm not ready. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, what's the date of Movie Movie Live? Oh, right. Uh, come see uh, Movie Movie Live, uh, November 20th. Uh, it's the third Thursday in November. Uh, we're there the third Thursday every month. We're doing all Nicolas Cage movies this month. We already have a, a, a bevy of Nicolas Cage games that are going to be really fun to play with a pretty sweet panel of, uh, of people that we are gathering as we speak. Um, it's at uh, Philomoca, 12th and Spring Garden, $5, 8 p.m. Uh, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at Facebook. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at facebook.com slash Twitter slash uh, I like to movie. Uh, facebook.com slash I like to movie. <laughs> Twitter.com slash I like to movie. Uh, subscribe on iTunes uh, and uh, leave us uh, some reviews. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. It's with an F. Anybody else got uh, things they want to plug, shows they want to plug? I'm just going to go easy at Dan Scully on Twitter. Everything else you can find from there. Brilliant. Oh, go ahead. Sure. Oh, um, my name is Jeff Souls. Great. <laughs> Where can we find you online or Google anything? Shit. Do you have any sort of presence? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I've been big on Instagram lately. Uh, uh, me? Hey. Uh, I, don't do, I, don't, I don't do. I don't really care about social media. <laughs> so uh, I am being O'Brogdon. Um, I, I performed in Philadelphia with some great people. Uh, Sunday through Thursday, you get at least. Uh, bring a cheap uh, a date to come out to have a good cheap time, laugh for days, cheap beer, even some good food prices. Uh, on Sundays at 12th and Sanson, we got Fergie's. We call that honorable mention. Mondays, we have a laugh from Fairmount's at uh, 22nd and Fairmount. Um, on Tuesdays, we have Medusa Lounge, my favorite we do. It's, uh, it's, it's my paradise in the middle of the week. It's at 21st and Chestnut, hosted by my man Garrett and his <laughs> friends. He's saying that because I host it. And then we have, no, no, he's so wrong. He knows that. And then 
Wednesday, we have uh, uh, Growlers in South Philly at 8th and Fitzwater uh, called Free For All. And, um, <laughs> it's just doing an open mic list Thursday, right now. We, we got to wrap this up. Thursday, we have Philly Comedy at the Raven Lounge, 17th and Samson. Your guys come out, support Philly Comedy. No. I really appreciate you guys having Sansom. It's, yeah. it's yep. Sansom. Yeah, it's Sansom. It's not Samson Street. <laughs> I, th- I hate that. It's so easy. It's fucking phonetic. Sansom. Just because it sounds like Samson doesn't mean it's Samson. <laughs> you live here. Seventeenth or something. Swan. <laughs> Closer. <laughs> Sam, swan, Samsonite. Swan, swan, Samsonite. I was, I was way I was off. Way off. <laughs> people always do that. I always see when people are like, "Yeah, fucking Philly, born and raised." I was on Samson Street. I'm like, I was born in Jersey, and I can fucking tell you where Samson Street is. So, <laughs> don't even, Ouch. don't even start with your mispronunciations of San- Samson. There's no P anywhere near it. <laughs> It's not even in street. <laughs> Sansom Streep. That's that's Meryl Streep's Meryl brother, Streep. Sansom. <laughs> Sansom Streep. Terrible actor. She got it all. He got none of it. He got a street. <laughs> movie, movie. <laughs> Sorry, oh, yeah, and check out introducingcarrot.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. com. Check that out. Okay, we're going to do this sign-off thing. You guys will pick this up. Here we go. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie, movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie, movie. My name is Bean O'Brien, and I like the movie movie. My name is Jeff Souls, I like the movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we like to movie. Easy peasy. See, this is a bit. <laughs>